Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 214, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. There's still time for one of us to be accused of sexual harassment. <laughs> well, hey, good news. If I beat off in front of you guys and don't remember it. What? It must have been very it. unmemorable for everybody, because I don't remember it. I th- well, you know, the good news is is that uh, they've gotten rid of all the perverts from the Democrat side, right? I mean, they've, they've purged oh, their ranks. Yeah, I'm sure. Successfully. Yeah. This is the last. I'm sure, there's no more pervert politicians anywhere. Do you, this seems like this is Bill Clinton's fault. <laughs> Al Franken getting fired for man, even if he did play some grab ass, is probably Bill Clinton's fault. I will just because say because he gets the Democrats' guilty conscience. A lot of people have been leaning in hard to Al Franken's getting railroaded. I'll just say this: innocent people don't resign. See, That's bullshit. This, this that is one hundred percent bullshit. What do you mean innocent people don't resign? Effective people don't resign. That's I mean, not only do guilty people stay in office, but they even I mean look Roy Moore, there's people who believe his accusers and it doesn't matter. They are going to vote for him anyways. So it's not about guilty people uh re- resigning out of uh, out of their own, you know, conscience or something. It's about whether the person is effective at their job or not. And when it got to the point where everybody on Al Franken's quote-unquote side said, we don't want you in office anymore, that means we can't work with you anymore. You are a liability. And it effectively means that no matter what Al Franken wanted to do in that situation, he would not be an effective uh, representative. He would not be able to do his job. He has no choice but to step down. So he's damned if he does, damned if he don't. That's what you're getting at. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's no choice for a politician in that situation. When you have Unless you're Roy the majority, Moore. not the majority, but when you have heavy hitters, well, no, that's the thing. Apparently on the Roy Republican Moore, side, the option to dig in your heels and say, fuck you, I'm gonna, still going to do it is an option, where on the, well, no, the other side, it isn't. Roy Moore had, has no particular fans of him, other than the fact that he's got an R in front of his name and is going to vote with the block. I mean, Mitch McConnell said that he believes the accusers, but now his statement is, well, you know, I may believe the accusers, but it's up to the voters of Alabama to decide. So what he's saying is, it's not for me to vote to say whether incest is bad. You know, this is why do they they should like try the state's rights angle on this. He's got some friends somewhere, man. He's still on the ballot. if Alabama votes for Roy Moore, well, then they just must believe that it's okay for 30-year-old, 40-year-old dudes to hit on teenagers, and that's just fine. Who are we to judge? Okay. Yeah, I, there's Alabama. Then who, are we, then who are we to judge? We have no more authority. Then who are we to judge shit goes out the window when it comes to anything that goes against their big book of Jewish fairy tales, though. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. It's just, I just... I just had to point out for a split second that hypocrisy, but now that we fucking moved on past that, this is this is this is an example of why we're going to have Trump 
This is the perfect example of why we're going to have Trump for eight years. Because the Republicans yeah. have the will to do what they have to do to win. And the Democrats are so fucking worried about playing. Well, they go low, we go high, and all this bullshit that they bend over, spread their ass cheeks, and go, just ram it in there for us. I, I, well, yeah. I've, Could I've, you do me a I've, favor and coat it in thumbtacks yeah. before you do it, too? I mean, first of all, the, 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 the bullshit holier-than-thou coming from the left, okay, anybody who attacked anybody last, last election night <clears throat> or day, excuse me, for voting third party because they couldn't, in good conscience, vote for either Hillary or Trump, but is now attacking. But is now attacking uh, uh, the the. the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Hold on a sec. <clears throat> Sorry about that. But is now attacking the choice of Al Franken to step down. Okay. Do you have a true moral compass that point? Do you have a moral compass that points true north, or does it just flip flop on however you feel? How are you going to fucking say? How dare you vote and take the high ground and vote not for Hillary when it meant we're going to get Trump, but yet you can support Franken being fucking basically forced to resign and go, well, that's what he should have done. That made sense. No, 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 no. You don't get it both fucking ways, folks. You don't get to, you don't, you, that's, that's not how this shit works. All right. You want your party to win no matter what. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to a, an issue that maybe hits close to home, well, now all of a sudden I feel differently. But I'm still right. going to rag. I'm still going to rag on those third-party voters because they're pieces of shit and they're assholes, and they deserve to be they to be hate fucked to death by the most well-hung horse on tons of ecstasy that we can find on this fucking planet. But by the way, you know how dare Al Franken, you know. Go. I'm sorry. Is there any legal reason I should step down? Uh, you want to get right down to it? John Conyers fucked up because he he used taxpayer money to pay off somebody. That's why he should step down. Al Franken should do exactly what Roy Moore is doing. He should go up there and say, "Is there any legal reason I should step down? Have I been charged? Have I been convicted of anything?" Then sounds like you need to shut the fuck up. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well. You know, I think there's also, if I was to infer what Al Franken was thinking as a person, you have to decide what you want your legacy to be. And if that's his last stand, if he's the guy who refused to leave office because uh, because he wouldn't kowtow to the, the rest of his party and just buckle under accusations. I mean, he got a lot of criticism for not being an honest enough apology and I'm like did you listen to what he said I mean he apologized for if he made somebody feel uncomfortable right he's not apologizing for actions because he's not claiming there's any action being taken there he, he in his statement he talks about misreading cues maybe and that's that's not a quote but this is basically what he's saying is I remember things differently I just Maybe it's just how I'm wired. So, I just have this thing in the back of my brain. It's like, then why are you quitting? If you didn't do anything, why are you quitting? I just, but I explained it to you already. He can't do his job, right? He, what, his so I would stay there and to, I would just be a fucking, I would just be a shit stir for the remainder why? of my term. 
and that's your anything. legacy. Because fuck you, and I didn't that do is your anything. legacy. It doesn't matter. I'd that's your my legacy. legacy being I resigned in disgrace over something I didn't do. Then but, that's okay, your choice. But if you, but if you try to build a career, wait, let me finish though. Well, if you try and build a career here and try and do some good, and then all you're known for as is the guy who refused to admit that he grabbed somebody's ass and jammed up his own party with, a, with say, basically a dead seat. Take me to court. Prove it. No, that's that's fine. Look, everybody makes that. Uh, I'm just saying that you can't make that judgment on him as a person that that he didn't want to go down with that ship. That he decided that he's not going to be able to. What he's ultimately there for is to represent his, his people, right? And that's what he wants his legacy to be. If he draws a line in the sand and says, no, unless you prove these allegations, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, like have a backbone? That he's still, then he's not only not doing his job, the job that he wants to be there in the first place for, but he's also distorting and completely wiping out any previous good that he may have done building up to that. He won't... And on a selfish angle, yeah, I mean, he does want to have a legacy. He can maybe he can salvage some of that by just understanding that there's nothing left to be done here. He cannot work with these people anymore. Or what might be even more interesting is he could be a lot more effective outside of office. My concern, my concern, if I'm in the Democratic Party, is, and this is a guy. Believe me, these conversations have happened behind closed doors. Okay, Franken steps down. First of yeah. all, he's Connor one of your C- higher profile people. You need him, especially okay, going into twenty eighteen. Yeah, this but this is what I'm saying. This is you know this happened behind doors. They're going, Con, your seat's not going Republican. Not the, not the way they've gerrymandered yes. that fucking district. It's not going to a Republican. We don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. The worst thing we have to worry about is that he plays some Papa Doc baby doc shit and tries to hand it down to his kid. Which he, which he is. Which is what he's trying to do. Which is, a, that, that just, please, Conyers, everybody, Bonica Conyers, John Conyers, John Conyers the third, second, <laughs> right. whatever your name is. Go away, folks. Just go the fuck <laughs> away, please. You no, know, no, his, his nephew, was it his nephew that was upset that felt like he got passed over? He thought, it, the, the, the nephew thought that he was going to be in next in line for the seat. And he gave it to his. He gave the not the seat, but he gave his uh, stamp of approval to his own son. And I'm like, yeah, this is not. A, this is not. A, this is not Game are, of Thrones. These are elected seats, right? You you don't inherit this shit. But you know, it speaks to the laziness of the voter. And I think Michigan is. They're extremely lazy voters. Extremely. But okay, so. The Democratic Party. Oh, somebody's like, got the name Young. Oh, I'll vote for him. Why not? I mean, I know that work. people name out with the last name. <laughs> well, you know that they know. How, I mean, the city didn't burn down, so there's that, right? But okay, so you know the Democratic Party's like we're not that worried about so Conyers. Rob the city blind. That's reparations. He fucked up. He fucking spent taxpayer money to pay off somebody. He's got to go. He's got to be the sacrificial lamb. When Fra- yeah. if Franken steps down. Yeah, they could lose that. They could lose that spot. That is a possibility. They could have a, a, a Republican senator in there. Mm. And when they're fighting over every single 
fucking seat in in Congress in the in the House of Representatives. You got to pick and choose your fucking battles, guys. And I'm sorry, but these accusations against Franken are pretty fucking weak sister allegations. These are not like I mean, for right. for all these to happen during photo ops, where are all the photos? On top of that, it's it's Franken slick enough not to have said this himself, but it's been leaked photos of you know the photo with Leanne Tweeden where he was supposedly touching her breast through body armor. Well, right. then there was a picture of him on the red carpet with Joy Behar, and he's got a he's he's doing the same thing. He's mock grabbing her tit, and right. then then the next photo that it's got bit. that got leaked was Joy Behar. Not at all, Mott Grabbin, the late great fucking, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my throat, Robin Williams junk on the red carpet for, uh, 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 what is it, the, the, the comedy uh, special they used to put on for the homeless? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Their comedy special they do uh, like every couple yeah. years, him, Whoopi Goldberg, and well, Billy Crystal. So, I mean, it's, a, it's comics being goofy, but that's the only picture they have that they can go, see, that's misconduct. Really? He went... I mean, anybody who's seen that picture that I've talked to is like, no, man, he's not even touching her fucking, he's not even touching her vest, let alone her tits. And I'm like, so is it, a, maybe is it a wrong thing to think you're too familiar to do that with somebody? Yes, I'll be the first to say that. Okay. But I mean, is it a, is it a hanging offense? Right. I don't think so. Or, or the you know the final nail in the coffin on this was the woman who said that she did an interview with him. I think it was probably it had to have been on Air America, wasn't he? On Air America, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, and afterwards came on to her, tried to kiss her, and then act, acted shocked and said, "Well, that's that's my right as an entertainer." And <laughs> he never <laughs> said that. I'll put everything I own on that. Yeah, no, those unless it was said in jest, and even then well, we learned from Trump last year. You can just do whatever, right? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing: not everybody likes Al Franken as a comedian because not everybody gets deadpan humor, and that's what he does best, right? Al Franken was never the guy to crack on SNL. No. He would play it completely straight, even if the joke was going to bomb. He was just going to let it sit there. And I can understand why, you know, maybe, maybe he said that as a joke. Maybe, you know, that, but the, here's the thing. To, to lump this in with everything else, like, what are we really talking about here? And in a lot of these cases, there's women who are coming forward because, because why? Because they, A, they feel like they can get support for it. They feel like they'll be heard and taken seriously. And B, this shit has weighed on them, right? There's somebody that made them feel super uncomfortable or, or less than in some way, inferior. Somebody who, you know, was on the wrong end of a power struggle that made them feel like dirt. And it's something that they can't shake in some fashion. This is, there's some catharsis to, naming the accuser and seeing them publicly quote-unquote strung up are is that really what we're talking about with any of the al franken accusers is anybody losing any sleep over this i just 
Or is or is this? I mean, let's let's imagine that all of this is true. The worst case, it's just a woman going, "Well, that guy's a creep. He's not going to get away with that. I got some shit on him." It is not like, "Oh, he's this man's a predator. I I have to say something before he pinches somebody else's butt." To me, that the sin that the Frankencamp and the Democrats. The biggest sin they committed in this is not going simply. Where's the proof? Right. That's all. Well, that's, yeah. Because I mean, that's all you have to do. Where is your proof? Yeah, prove it. I mean, if all of these groping incidents happened during supposed posing for pictures, there has to be proof out there. And even if even if one of them came out, like let's say they met him at a state fair while he was you know before he was elected, but while he was running, and he did the. The same, the same thing he did with Leanne Tweeden and what's her face uh, from the View, Joy Behar, and he acted like he was grabbing her tit. Even if that come out, I'd be like, no, you know what? Then, homeboy, you got some of the worst, worst judgment when it comes to cracking those type of jokes. <laughs> right. You don't do that with a potential voter, okay? A comedian, you are supposed to be able to read a room. Yeah, exactly. Know your audience. And the Minnesota State Fair ain't the time to play grab ass, even if you're goofing around. All right, mm-hmm. but he didn't. And I mean, this is what I'm getting. This is this is what boils my fucking blood. Is that we constantly go? We want strong leadership. We want leadership that's going to have the will to do what it takes to to be done, no matter how hard it is. And the Democrats just keep yeah, fucking right. backing down and playing fucking second fiddle. Voluntarily, I know I'm parroting uh, a rant Bill Maher went on a few months ago, but like, is having balls not in the Democrats' playbook? Right. So here's, I mean, <laughs> there's there's this idea that the Democrats are going to have to play dirty in order to beat Republicans, right? That's that's something that Bill Maher has been saying for years now that they're not going to win unless they're willing to play at the same level. And continuously, what we see from from the Democrats is this idea that we will elevate ourselves, and people will understand that we are better. Right? We purge from our ranks our perverts. You know, we you open up our proverbial books. We let the world see that we are clean, and. Nobody can challenge us when we go after somebody like Roy Moore or Trump. Only, I mean, only it sends it, the complete opposite <laughs> message when you do, when when you execute it. Like for real, like, it's true. Al Franken's well, speech should have been, "I didn't do anything. Y'all could kiss my ass." Hey, thanks for the support, people in the same party. You've been really helpful. I'll be fucking shit up to the end of my term, serving my constituents in Minnesota. Kiss the rings, bitch. I'm a, I don't know. I don't know how I would end that. But you know what I'm saying? Like that should have been like the, his main bullet yes. points. All like, the I didn't, yes, but it, all it, the, it all starts. With, I didn't do anything. Prove it. It's too. It's his opening line. But sorry. Okay, but, yeah, but all the Republicans saw is the dog rolled over and showed its belly. Yes. Now, okay, how does that fit in exactly with the Roy Moore thing, though? Because if we are to say that Franken shouldn't step down that it should, these allegations should be proven before any action is taken, even though, again, 
just comparing the fact that these are two politicians embroiled in controversy, right? Not comparing the actions of these two politicians, but just given a situation where there's accusations against the politician, if you believe that Al Franken should have weathered the storm and demanded proof, yes, because don't we don't, don't we afford that same luxury to Roy Moore? We're not we're not affording should, it. We're being forced to afford it. Yes, <laughs> I just say no, you're guilty. right. You're right. Like, we have, we a- have no say in this. We're not Alabama voters or Minnesota voters. But um, uh, all I'm saying is that it does. <laughs> I'm say, it makes you look Go guilty. Ahead. It makes Al Franken look guilty the way he went out. Because I'll, I'll it, ponder this to you. Was Michael Jackson ever convicted of child molestation? No. No. He settled every time. But everyone thinks he fucked all those kids. That's it's It's... This is going to have the complete opposite effect on Al Franken. See, to me... Well, with, I, mean, well me this, I mean, fuck Al Franken. Al Franken's gone. I think, what, compar- what effect is this going to have on the Democratic Party? To me, the comparison, it's a little bit more apt, or it's way more apt, is like the, the, the legend of Kaiser Sose in, in, in The Usual Suspects. When well, now you're banking on me seeing a movie, Rich, and that's just not Well, plausible. no, but, it, I, but I mean, most people, I'm assuming who's listening to us, have seen... The usual suspects. Yeah. Spo- spoiler <laughs> you know, alert: Kaiser Sose turned out to be a pervert and hit on young boys, right? Wasn't yeah, that the, uh, the yeah, with a fake it? limp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's you know the, the Kaiser Sose is what the is what criminals used as the boogeyman to scare their children. You know, you better be good, right. or Kaiser Sose is going to come get you. Part of his legend he was, was the Babadook. <laughs> yes, part of his legend was is that he was a drug kingpin. He walked in, he took over a bunch of territory, just ruthlessly, a bunch of the other drug pins banded together, broke into his house, took his family hostage. He came home, found their henchmen with his family, and they said, if you don't fucking do what we tell you to do, we're going to kill your family. So Kaiser Sose said, you want to see what Will is? Let me show you what Will is, motherfuckers, and killed his kids and his wife, and then said... Now what? And then killed everybody in the fucking room. Damn. That's what the Republicans have done. That's the Republicans walked Republicans walked up, killed everybody in the room, including their own people, and said, Now what? Wait a minute. And looked at the Democrats. Wait a minute. The said, Democrats or the Republicans? The Republicans. They and looked at the, the Democrats and said, Do you have the balls to do that? Do you have the, the, the guts it takes to do that to win? And the Democrats blinked like they fucking always do, because they don't. They don't have the balls to play politics the way politics needs to be played in this country. Period. They're so well, worried the about being on the right side of history and their legacies that they're pissing away in the future, or they're they're pissing away on the they're pissing on the fucking present, worried about the future. The future ain't going to help us in another four years. Excuse me, three years when it's well, two terms of fucking President Trump with a thirty percent approval rating. How the fuck did this happen? Okay, so I I agree with you on that. Only I don't think that it's I don't think it's about whether or not we're going to see a full eight year term of Trump. I honestly don't think we are. I think the the bigger danger here is that it's not so much whether we're going to see eight years of Trump. It's whether we're going to see eight or sixteen years uh, or more of this these same moralless. Republicans in office that are willing to do what it takes to to retain power. You know, 
in the same way that Al Franken is only useful as a politician and until he, the people around him can no longer work with him, right? He becomes toxic because of these allegations. And the same thing could happen to Trump. The, and this idea of, you know, the, that if we're able to prove some sort of collusion that we can purge Trump and that that will also give us some sort of moral high ground to get a Democrat in office as well, it's kind of short-sighted because... It's, you know, to me, it's not about whether you impeach this guy. It's whether you make this guy effective as a leader, allow him to be effective as a leader, right? If Republicans can get something out of Trump, they will keep him around. It, so it's not what about really whether, you know, like, it's not like Trump is some, uh, some, has some magic to him. Right? He seems to have some magic with the quote-unquote common man. But he's not some mysteriously enigmatic leader, right? He's a total puppet. I mean, even if you, even if you don't think he's a puppet of Putin's, he's a puppet of the, the Republican Party, right? He's not leading some sort of agenda. The only things that he's been able to get done are the things that were already on the docket before he ever stepped foot into office on the republic on the republican side these are goals that they wanted to achieve all these things that obama did over eight years they're just keeping lists of all the shit that they're going to undo when they get the chance and that's been donald trump's script since he got into office he has no clear plan uh, and uh, of his of his own to initiate so, and he has brand new dentures, apparently. I, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys so the, hear that? The bigger, that the bigger picture here is like, yeah, it was really weird. You got a hold um, of that good blow cocaine. Yeah, no. His face was numb. <laughs> so, something's going on. He took but one yeah, too many Adderalls that morning. I can't feel my face. I guess the, the bigger point that I was making, though, is that it's... It's not about whether the Democrats are prepared to go up against somebody like Trump. It's whether they're prepared to truly go up against the rest of the Republican Party. Because Trump can be deemed ineffective, moved aside, and somebody else is going to go right into his place, and the same agenda is going to continue. And the only thing that will change is it will probably be more effective because there's less drama Oh, swirling yeah, around them. That's what I was going to say. I think, <clears throat> I think the the old guard of the GOP would be like, "Oh, please, we want Trump out just as much as the Democrats," because then it wouldn't. The focus wouldn't be so much on the jackass right. in fucking charge. It would be right. It would be. It would go back well, to. It would go back to business as usual. Shit would have been passed by now. There would have been right. something forced through for health care. All this shit. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so the but trains just, don't run on the trains don't run on time under Trump, but it's better for the Republicans because previously the trains weren't running at all. So they'd rather have a half-assed train than nothing at all. But ultimately, their goal is, yeah, you know, we'll get rid of Trump. You know, look, if we can't, if the Democrats don't impeach him, we will have plenty of cause with all the shit. And look, you know, it's not whether we believe you or not. They do the same thing to that they did to Al Franken. All these allegations, all of this, we just you can't, you can't get anything done. You can't do your job anymore. And then Mike Pence will step up, 
I mean, hell, we already heard that Mike Pence was like ready. Is it day the pussy tape came out? He was like, ooh, ooh. He had his hand up. Like, oh, I'll take over. No problem. Pence Ryan, 2016. Oh, God. Just, <laughs> <coughs> just picturing their campaign posters, them working out together. <laughs> and, like, vaguely homoerotic outfits. And blowing like each other in the locker room like afterwards. <laughs> with the high cut up the thigh. <laughs> so... Yeah. Oh, what what was up with Trump's speech? He said, so "Did he finally have a stroke?" Well, uh, we're hearing him have one. Remember, what was he talking about when he had to take the the drink of water that he, that he got criticized for cupping in two hands <laughs> in order to drink? I mean, he, he did kind of look like you know a little baby animal that holds a little bottle in its two hands. But um, yeah, I, I think he's just, he's got some kind of dental work or something that that slips on him occasionally. And he's too fucking stupid and prideful to go. Hey, any dentures. politician, any politician would have done if he if his people were like, um, Mr. President, uh, your your you know your your voice is a little different. Oh well, I better let him. Okay, before I address you, just to let you guys know, so no one in the media gets crazy and runs with it, I've had some dental work done. Sorry about my yeah, dude. You're my, seventy. You're it's okay for slur. us to think you have dentures. You know, right. sorry, sorry about my my the slur in my voice. That's what you know, or or in my or the in my my speech, my temporary speech impediment. However you want to fucking say it, but it's Trump, and he's always got to be perfect. So I'm not going to address well, it. And it's all what fake was their news. excuse? They said it was, that he was tired or something like that, wasn't it? I don't know what their fucking excuse was. I, I've heard. Dude, when I get they, tired, they, I don't sound like I'm hammered. They said, <laughs> they said he was tired, and then they said also that uh, he's going to have a full doctor's physical. In which case, I'm sure they're going to come back from the same doctor that we heard from during the election. That's going to deem him, you know, it. Like healthier than Superman. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't in the article that you sent us about the guy who was pressing his pants. His uh, campaign manager. He's like, well, of course I press his pants. Blah blah blah. Where they talked about what he also eats during the day, which is two Big Macs, two <laughs> fillet of fishes, and a chocolate shake. That's his. That's his idea of a well-rounded meal. Yeah, this and guy. Go, this guy might not go, live to yeah. serve out his term. Well, here's the beauty of it. He won't, live to, this, yeah, he won't live to the end of Mueller's investigation. The, be, the beauty of it is that he goes... Not the FBI. His own guy's like, well, he doesn't eat the bread. That's the main thing. Oh, okay, but yeah. yeah. That's the worst part. Dude, I'm knocking on the door 40, and I'm starting to think I need to change my diet. This guy's twice my age and eats like I did 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, whatever. And hey, is anyone going to bring up the obvious... Ending to the Russia investigation, Mueller's going to get too close, and Trump's going to fire him. Uh, and then the whole charade. No reason, wait, there's no reason for it to end there. And the whole charade starts again. Well, yeah, but no, but it, no. it hits the reset He's, mode. No, it doesn't. It may be a hiccup, but the FBI has made it quite clear they have <laughs> they have plenty of resources that Mueller, or even if they started just going down the line like fucking Bloody Sunday. 
and firing people and they get somebody that, that may acquiesce, it, there's no way that this, that's going to end it. I mean, if any, that would that would end a lot of the reason for a continued investigation. I mean, ultimately, if he pulled a move like that, just like Nixon did, it would ruin his presidency and he would be forced to resign eventually. But, yeah, just Mueller leaving... No, well, it won't do anything to it. It's a total possibility, and it's going to open up a whole other can of worms if it does happen. And it was already laid out in the fact that he, that Trump said that the line that should not be crossed is looking into Trump's personal finances or his family's personal finances. That that would that as soon as he stepped outside the exact purview of the Russia investigation in Trump's mind and looked at his finances that he would have so he implied that there would be just cause for termination at that point and that's exactly what we've seen you know Trump, the White House has denied it because they didn't get notice of it but there is a subpoena for information about Trump's bank account bank accounts with Deutsche Bank and Deutsche Bank has already been fined and found guilty of laundering billions of dollars in Russian money. Well, that's what I say every time. We'll see. I, I to be honest with you guys, I just I, I think that this is something to keep the 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 severe Trump haters to make them feel like there's something that yeah. there's there's we're we're, mo- we're moving forward, guys. Ralphie Wickham, there's, man. There's I'm progress. Happy. We're going to we're going to get this taken care of. We're, you know we're we're it's going. It's a, but it's a process. It's going to take time. Understand that. And in the meantime, the easiest way to get the fucker out of there is to vote him out. All right. The wheels of justice turn slow when people don't want them to go fast, especially people with money. And you're dealing with people with money on all sides of this shit. This is not. This is not Joe fucking Blow and his neighbor arguing over the fence line. All right. This is not something that's going to be taken care of in court in six months to a year. This is something. That could, this is an investigation that could go on long after Trump's out of office if he's voted out next in 2020. And at that point, you're really going to see who cares about justice because once he's out of office and once he's no longer president, if he does get the boot in 2020, I guarantee you a lot of people carrying pitchforks and fucking torches right now will drop them shits and move on to the next thing because it just they're going to go well he's out that's all i really wanted well i'm not saying okay. everybody but i'm not, here's a, here's I'm not saying counter. everybody like, right i'm not saying everybody so no, please don't think i'm saying I hear you. i'm not i'm not here's my counter uh how do you justify not investigating or just dropping it because it's quote it's somehow pointless um also, this is in light of the clearest narrative of what happened. The, I mean, with uh, the idea that now George Papadopoulos and uh, uh, Michael Flynn are both cooperating with the FBI, we have a much clearer picture of what actually happened here. It was Russians funnel money in through social media in order to influence the election on behalf of Donald Trump in exchange for lifting of sanctions, a job that was tasked to that Michael Flynn was tasked with and directed, if not by Donald Trump Jr., by Donald Trump himself possibly even, directed to talk about the Russians about lifting sanctions in response for their their help with the election. That's the story. 
and all the proof was forthcoming because it's all there. It's, and it, it's beyond just whatever Michael Flynn has to say. I mean, first of all, the proof is in the actions. Once all the, once this story comes out, once the idea that Michael Flynn is uh, quote unquote flipped on the rest of uh, on, on the uh, Trump White House on this issue. They completely changed their story about, well, it's no longer whether that this is just a a nothing story made up news. It was, well, there's no such crime as collusion. There's uh, also, not only is there no such crime as as collusion, which is uh, ridiculous, but they rolled out the the idea that, well, if the president does it, it's not illegal, right? That, That the president is above the law. So they're already preparing themselves to look guilty because they're going to look really guilty. There's going to be a very clear story laid out. Now, whether that's enough to bring an impeachment, who knows? I think on, the only way that's going to get through is if power flips in 2018. That is the only way an impeachment is going to happen. We understand that. But... Well, he- I just think he's you know, smart enough to have a patsy in all this that nothing will ever no, lead he's directly not. No, to he's him. No, he's not. What he's gotten away with with all of this shit his whole life without having to cover any of his tracks. He's done it brazenly, and he's not been investigated for any shady behavior in the past because he's had enough money to pay off the right people. Hey, man, in the business well, world, you don't get to the the you know the top floor if you're honest all the time. I'm saying there, there's probably a patsy or two in his past. To get him where he's gotten, I'm just it's like to that succeed in I what mean, he succeeded in before he was president. Nice people don't exactly always succeed in that world. I just think it's he's smart enough to where there's never going to be anything that ever goes directly back to him. Mm, no, I would I would say you're 100 percent wrong. Trump is smart enough to act like he's smart enough. And that's about the fuck it. it. Look, this this investigation has actually gone. I, I know it seems like a long year. You fooled the whole company. This has gone mu- country. This is this Why has gone much faster. This has gone much Smart faster. To do that. This has gone much faster. No, he was put in that place. He wasn't smart enough to accomplish any of that shit on his own. That's bullshit. Uh, this whole investigation, even though it seems like a long year has gone much faster than anyone has expected it to. All these pieces are right there to be put together. The narrative is forming. Well, I guess, I but did, so far, the narrative has Russia contacting them post-election. Um, well, look, Cause the, I said the, the narrative that, is forming. I didn't, say, yeah. I didn't say the narrative is complete. But, I mean, look, Paul Manafort, accused of lying to the... Well, no... I can't remember if he was accused of a lying to the FBI. Anyways, he pleads innocent, right? So they have him on house arrest. They're getting all this, uh, all of his property together to use as basically bail to make sure that he doesn't flee the country. And during that, they also say that you know he is uh, not to be talking to the press. He is not trying to get his story out. It's a lockdown on information. They're almost ready to finalize the deal to put up his property for bail, millions upon millions of dollars of property across the U.S. as bail. 
And then they find out that the whole time that he's been under house arrest, he's working with a guy in Russia. They're writing a story together to be published under a pseudonym by a third party making the case for why Paul Manafort is completely innocent in all of this. Okay. None of them are smart enough. They're business savvy enough to know how to get deals done, but they don't know how to cover their tracks because they spent their whole lives being beyond reproach. They had enough money to toss around to keep the right people on their side and managed to balance it enough so that they weren't even worth investigating (laughs) until now they are. You think that stops when they get to government? What are you talking about? No, it doesn't stop when they get to government. I'm saying that's that's continued. And that's what's going to bring Trump and the rest of his team down, ultimately, is their hubris. I hope you're right, man. I do. I think he's he's an asshole. To get back yeah, to the well, question, well, look, I don't, I don't know if I exactly hope that I'm right. Me being right thing is that Trump manages to see out the rest of this four-year term. The Democrats make no significant moves to get anybody to run against whoever the Republicans have, and we see Pence or some other dipshit carry on for another eight years after that. So, <laughs> I don't hope I'm right. I hope I'm proven wrong and that the Democrats get their head out of their ass and start leading instead of basing all instead of reacting to what the Republican Party does. You know, that all this idea of that Trump is only oh his whole agenda is just anti Obama. Whatever Obama did he has to undo. You know, and then he holds it up for the, the cameras to see and everybody congratulates him uh, on doing a great job. Well that's all the, the fucking Democrats are doing right now. They don't have a plan. They're purely in reactionary mode. Whatever the the Republicans are doing, they're like, well, clearly that's not us. Oh, the Republicans are backing their candidates when they are accused of of sexual molestation or or, of some sort? Okay, well, we're going to do the exact opposite. I mean, you're right. Look, bigger picture, the Russia investigation doesn't matter unless somebody is willing to vote these clowns out of office. But... You mean show up? You have to accept... I mean... It's I, Tuesday in November. I'm going to have to put a jacket yeah, on. I think, you, I think you can understand that at the same time as say that it has to happen, right? Whether you think it's going to be successful or not. Unless you're saying that you have zero faith in this, the, the rule of law in this country and that it is just thrown out the window, this has to play out. There is no other option. Okay, to answer the question you asked 10 minutes ago, yes. right? <clears throat> if it should just be dropped, since, since I feel that, like, in the end, nothing's really going to come of this, no, of course not. Best case scenario, yeah, they, they, they get the smoking gun, they get the headshot, they got them, they get them out of office, and the Democrats stop shooting themselves in the foot and actually run a candidate that people can get behind in 2020 and we go from there but what i what what i honestly truly in my heart think is going to happen is what happens in 90 percent if not more of any time something like this comes up with politicians which is either they, they 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 spread the fucking confusion and the nonsense so so far among so many different people that really, it turns into, okay, all right, we get it. There's no one to blame. But we have to do something about this, guys. Well, there's no one to blame. 
It was everybody messed up a little bit, and you put it all together, and it's one big fuck up. You can't punish everybody, so it just it just turns into a, a shrug a shrug fest of well, what are you gonna do? That's how light. That's that's how shit works. What are you gonna do? Or they pick some low level fucking patsy and throw him out there for the sacrificial lamb. They somehow fucking get that to work, and it's it's that's what happens in, in American politics most of the time. How many politicians do time? I mean, seriously. Well, that's Even, interesting. I mean, is that is it your ult, the ultimate goal of this? I mean, the ultimate goal of this, if, in if my mind, to say that, is to st- is to stop this from ever happening again. Right. What's okay, done so, is done. So here's why seeing the investigation through is even more important because you may not be able to take down Trump, but. If you can show that you're willing to fight the, this kind of bullshit, then it's less likely that the Republicans are willing to prop somebody like Trump up again. Right? They saw something useful in Trump. If they think, if they find some other megalomaniac millionaire out there to just stuff full of, of their ideas. President and, Branson? And, and, right. Well, if they, born in England. You know, if that person has you know ties to a foreign country or some kind of uh, you know sexual allegation they're going to think twice they're going to say well this is not an effective candidate this is not somebody that we can that, that we will be able to support for the long run so yeah you, you may not get this guy you may not see you may not get the justification you know like, I'm pretty damn sure that Trump has broken some major laws, and I would like to see him serve time. That's not going to happen. There's, Obviously, I have yeah. no no illusions about that happening. But I would be satisfied with getting him out of office. But even if we do see Trump serve out the rest of his term, or possibly even get elected and serve out eight years, I, there's still value in in the attempt i know it sounds really lame but if you can hobble the president enough then you can make that type of candidate less appealing that's the to thing. republicans he, he's in he's on the side that has fuck you it doesn't matter in their playbook like that's that's what i think is going to keep him afloat like the republicans have fuck you we don't care moving on that's that's been their go-to play for like the last decade, and that's what distinguishes them from the from the Democrats. Right. That's, well, that, they, yeah, that's I mean, what I'm scared of. Guess, well, yeah, and and that's that's the bigger problem that I don't see any solution to. You know, uh, the, the, ultimately, as much as as much as we like to see Trump as this focal point for current politics, that this is some kind of turning point for the nation. Or some kind of radical uh, event that that happened that will really test the strength of our quote unquote democracy. He's just a result. He's just the end result of all this bullshit that we've seen going. I mean, I was saying this a year we, ago. We saw that we saw this happen back with Bush. This idea that you could just swat aside facts and not even address them. You know, a, a Republican gets 
asked a hard question and they say, well, that's not true. And then they state their version of the facts. And, and then a, a Democrat gets asked a hard question. They say, well, you know, that's interesting. Well, you know, on this side, the people say this, and on this side, people say that. And that's not what people want from as a leader. They want somebody who has a clear idea and says, this is what we should be doing right here. Yeah, they want a clear decision maker. They don't want someone who's going to sit there and... Yeah. Well... Well, if any, right. if, I mean, if, I, I made fun of Bush when he said, I'm the decider. His supporters love that. Goddamn right, he's a decider. That's why we voted for him. He makes decisions, and he follows them through. If anything, if anything, the, the last two years of our political system has convinced me that the idea of a president, a single president in this country, is just painfully outdated we, we and and we need to just do a complete overhaul of our political system it's not going to happen it's yeah. never going to no. it's, it's never going to happen peacefully and it's never probably going to happen right. in our lifetimes i think and europe and, has kind of figured it out haven't they they, they said well you know what we're gonna we're not gonna have i mean, will still have royalty but they're not really going to be the ones making the decisions they're they're able to separate their figureheads from their true politicians. Well, true, you know, they, there's a necessity to have somebody to send out to the G8 meetings or wherever the fuck and glad hand and make the big speeches and set some sort of tone or presence for your nation and the world. There's value to that. But th this idea that that one man makes all the decisions and holds all the power, too, I mean, it, it's clearly not true, but it's an idea that, that we still cling to. I think that we cling to more and more as this country progresses. I think we've seen poll numbers that show that people would be okay with considering Trump as the president to be above the law. You know? Hey, you know, if we're in some sort of crisis in this country, we, we need all this change to make America great again. Well, maybe that'll take more than eight years. Well, I also think that... So he'll just have to make a law that says that he can run for another four more. And we'd be fine with that, because he's the president. I also think that this entire saga with Trump has really proven a, 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 a certain <clears throat> vocal group in this country right. Whereas before, I was like, and I think you guys are kind of tilting at windmills here. Which and, and that group is the group that's like, there is a lot of people in this country who were very pissed off on a, a January morning in 2009 when they woke up and had a black president. I mean, th I, th how do you explain this just pure, blind devotion to everything Trump? And it's funny because th the people who are blindly devoted to Trump the first words out of their mouth anytime any story comes up is, well, he's he's uniting the country, and he's making the country stronger, unlike that communist fucking Obama. And you know what they want to say. They just want to call him a nigger, but they won't do it in polite society. I'd almost have respect for him if they would, because at least I'd know where the fuck they stand. But they're that fucking bullshit new racism that I can't prove it racism. All right, and they they know they can't go oh, around. Yeah, the tradition, the traditional values or trad values, as they they're called online now. Yeah, they're racism. the what? Yeah. What? There's nothing wrong with being white. 
You can't make me feel guilty for being white. And I mean, it's not even it's not even all that. It's the it's the like there. I mean, look, I get it. There are people that are blindly loyal to the part to to the Democrats and Republicans. They're a percentage of it. But I mean, it's just we we have way way too many people who are just giddy because we have the like anti Obama in office, and that's that's all they care about. And I mean, they're not even stopping to think that this man, with his words, has stirred up a hornet's nest over in Israel. That we don't know where the fuck this is going to end. And it's oh, let's uh, hey guys, hasn't everything in Israel always ended well? How's how's Anwar yeah. Sadat doing? Didn't, huh? Didn't nail anybody to a cross two thousand years ago? I mean, I, he goes I over it, there. It, he goes over there. He declares Jerusalem the capital of Israel. Which he, he said, I've decided that it's time to acknowledge. Like he, per, he's just pulling it. Like this is his big plan. No, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, this is this is what people who aren't religious don't understand. That he ignited a fire not only underneath the the Muslims and the Jews over there, but he really, really, really walked up. And gave the sloppiest, wettest, best blowjob to the, the, the evangelical right that they've had since Daddy Reagan was in office. I, and I mean, it is fucking. Yeah, it was like it was like a horrible Groundhog's Day. He popped up, saw his shadow, and guaranteed four more years of terrorism. Well, what people don't understand who are not religious and who haven't been indoctrinated in that bullshit world is that. Conservative evangelicals believe it's necessary for that for the 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 rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem for the book of Revelation to come so they can have the end times. That is the only if you are Jewish right. and you are listening to this podcast and you think that these hardcore evangelical Christians are your friends, they are fucking not. The only reason they no, support they, Israel <laughs> is for profit. And I'm not talking yeah, they don't profit want- as in money. I'm talking because they right. believe it's a prophecy to bring about they don't the want end the times. Jews, they don't want Jews in America. They want them in Israel where they're supposed to be for their part in the second coming. And and believe me, they don't think you're going to heaven. Okay? They believe you're going someplace far south of that. Pick up a Slayer Jews album. don't believe in heaven, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. They don't believe in hell. I, I think a certain sect don't believe in hell. I'm not sure. But my point is, no, is don't, don't, don't get it. Don't get it fucking twisted that, that this is somehow some us showing support for Israel. This is Trump not understanding the fires he's stoking because he's not from this world. And he doesn't understand. He's playing with people's emotions who, one, sit around every day praying, going... Oh, Lord, please come back and destroy the world and rebuild it. Oh, Lord, please come back and destroy the world and rebuild it. They pray for the end of the world. They have a hard-on for this. And he's stoking their fires. And if you you think that these people can't get out of hand real fucking quick, do I need to point to, oh, I don't know, Waco? How about, oh, the, 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 the Westboro Baptist Church? Right, right. All these... Yeah, all these these nutty people that we laugh at, these are the people that he's fucking basically giving rubber stamp approval to by going over there and doing this. On top of inflaming a situation which is constantly at the boil over point over there 
with the Jews and the Muslims. So it's a twofer. Yeah, I, I think. I think by far one of the most irresponsible things that he's done in office so far. But you know, I don't. It's not even about whether Trump understands the the hornet's nest that he's kicking at the moment. It's that he feels like he's got the you know he's got the fucking beekeeper suit on anyway. He's not. He can't be touched. None of this shit really matters to him. To him, it's like, well, it was always a mess. It's not like I can make it worse. At least I can do something to make use it to my advantage. You know, which is another re- another way I can placate my base and do something that's seen as radical that no other president has done before. Yeah, because they're not that fucking stupid. Also, I mean, <laughs> you didn't you didn't put a formal end to any negotiations with the Palestinians in this. You just instead spit in their face. You didn't say. I mean, I can understand if he was to say, "Look, we've we've been over this. We sat down." With Israel and Palestine over this issue, there's no, there's nowhere to go from here. We're at a stalemate. I can't negotiate with the Palestinians anymore, so I'm making a decision and saying that Jerusalem belongs to Israel. But he doesn't say that. He just flat out says, "Hey, we're moving the capital. Uh, we're moving the embassy there to acknowledge the the uh, Israel side in this conflict." and I don't. I mean, I don't know what Jared Kushner's job is anymore. He was supposed to be in charge of of <laughs> peace in the Middle East. Well, maybe Jared among, came up with this. Maybe this is Jared's plan. That I jackass really doubt doesn't that know. That was Jared's plan. <laughs> that jackass really doesn't know. That jackass doesn't know Israel from his own fucking asshole. Even if I gave him a flashlight, a fucking map, and he could use both his hands. I do want right? to. It's all like, bullshit. Oh wait, I do want to go Why to a talking about this Jared idiot? or Trump. <laughs> no, which it, one? He fucking Jared. Why the fuck are we talking about this idiot when it comes to Israel? Well, he's Jewish. And that means <laughs> yeah, that means something. Where? I'm sorry. Is he is he walking up and down the street and selling conflict diamonds to fucking New York socialites? Yeah. No, that's a Jew. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a real Jew. He's only Jewish on his money side. Exactly. He's like the guy who the minute the, the minute that the, the 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 Indian casinos that that was going to be a thing. He's like the businessman that found out he's one eighteenth Chickawa or some shit. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> like oh, I I just had a, I just had a, a, a ethnic awakening. I need to get in on this. No, this is his twenty three and Me came back one sixty second Cherokee. Guys, we're sitting here and we're fucking, you know, and I'm as guilty of it as 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 either of you guys are. But the shit really ain't funny, man. You got the Red Crescent over there in Palestine who fired off two missiles missiles into Israeli territory on Thursday. Trump said this on Wednesday. A hundred people had already been killed in protests, which those are just protests. That's not even conflicts yet, and they're just gearing up this shit. This is this is a warm up. For these guys. You're absolutely right. He has blood on his hands already. I mean, these guys live for this shit. They, this is what they fucking... They were happy to die on this fucking hill. You know, right. They, they were in their corner it, getting iced up and watered down, and Trump just fucking rang the bell again for them. Exactly. A hundred dead and two missiles fired into Israeli territory. You know what that is? That's the equivalent of the manager picking up the phone and calling the bullpen and saying get me get my fucking relief pitcher warmed up he hasn't even started throwing yet 
All right, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And do you think it's in Trump's nature, in his ability, in his personality, anything of those to diffuse this? No, he's going to just fucking make it worse. The best thing he can do is get the fuck out of that area and for the next three years never say a fucking word about Israel or Palestine. That's the best thing we can hope for, and we know that's not going to happen. What? Yeah. Trump's going to shut up about something? No. He might be dead. My conservative-ass dad today was saying, like, that guy's just got to learn to to shut up. (laughs) It's to stop talking. Yeah, I mean... I understand the the direness of the of the situation. I I understand how far back this conflict goes that we're talking about. I guess you know, not being a religious person myself, it's kind of ridiculous. It, it's a, I mean, we're arguing over what ultimately. My which God has a bigger dick than your God. It's pretty much what Israel is. Right, but I mean, so it's always been most. Which is we were here first. Times, it, but this th- book that's says all we that were we here really first. F- we fight over territory, right? I mean, that's what the world fights over. Only in this case, it's not about territory for resources; it's territory for something imaginary. Hey, our book says we were here first. Well, our book says we were here first. Fuck it, right. let's kill everybody. So. I mean, what? why is the U.S. involved in this? Other than we seem to get along better with Israel than Palestine or the rest of the Middle East. There's interest over there we care about, obviously. Because Israel's considered an ally. That's why we send them, what, $10.5 million a day? I mean, that, that's, that's, why, that's why we back their play no matter what. I mean, okay, think about the 90s when, when we went in and... We're bombing, uh, uh, was it Slobovich? Right, man, we were bombing Slo- him. Milosevic? Milosevic. Slobodan Milosevic. Thing. I, yes. Slowy? Son, son of a bitch, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, now, we were, we were bombing him because he was basically trying to do an ethnic cleansing of Muslims in his area. But at the same Wait, time... Wait, I thought we were bombing him because Clinton got a blowjob. That too. Well, I mean, if... <laughs> it, it, okay. Do we? The real reason both can be true. <laughs> the real reason and the reason given on paper. That's 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 there. That's, that's what I should say. Um, oh, look over here, everybody. But no. So at the, at the exact same time, we were constantly funneling money and aid to Israel. We're always trying to play both sides, and you can't do it. You know how you play both sides? You be truly neutral, and that's something that we're incapable of doing. Full of Switzerland. Fuck all y'all. And go, it ain't none of my fucking problem. Yeah. No, but we're not Switzerland. We're not this tiny little fucking country in the grand scheme of things. We inserted ourselves into the world stage after World War II in a big bad way and have insisted that we stay there. Oh, we're culture. Regardless, we're culture rapists. Regardless, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the consequences, regardless of the outcome, we're Americans. We're going to spread mom, baseball, and apple pie to the rest of the world. We're going to show them how great capitalism is. We're going to show them how great freedom and democracy is, even though we're a, we're a republic. We're not a democracy, but we're going to show it's them true. all this shit, and we're going to do it at gunpoint, and we're going to win them with the, by, by winning hearts and minds. Hey, we're here, everybody. It makes no sense, guys. And we're bringing McDonald's and Walmart yeah. with us. I mean, it, and he... 
the fact that, like I said, these are not people like the conservative Christians for the most part over here. These are people who wake up and, and, and go, gee, I wonder if I'm going to go to the fucking market today and get blown up by a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. And if I am, well, my little brother who has to serve in the military, who's in the Israeli Defense Force, how many how many of those rotten-ass Muslims are, is he going to kill in retaliation for it? And it just keeps fucking going on and on and on. I think I'm worth yeah, at least, you know, four dead Muslims. Well, you know, in every situation that we've seen in the world that, that the U.S. gets involved in, always with this idea of spreading democracy... It's ultimately that we can see exactly what's to be gained from meddling in foreign affairs. And I'm kind of a realist about this. You know, I'm, I'm not anti-American. I'm here still. I'm not making any plans to leave the country. I think this, this experiment, if you will, is working out pretty cool so far. But I also don't buy into this idea of spreading democracy across the world, that that here on this patch of land, we've figured out a system so great that we think it should be a universal, worldwide system. So yeah, we we do want to uh, see communism as an enemy and and combat. This is all bullshit, dude. It's the equivalent of this. This, uh, this idea of spreading democracy is just an excuse for uh, for the U.S. to meddle in foreign affairs to manipulate them to their advantage. It's just a cover. To me, it's 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 akin to like. Like go next door to your neighbor's house and knocking on the door and be like, dude, you know how my house runs? It's great. Every day I get home, my dinner's ready, my wife blows me every night, my kids are not fucking idiots. Dude, you should run right. your house like no. I run my house. It's fucking awesome. But you don't. And just you, going you door don't. to door and just keep forcing it on people. Don't fuck you. We run our house out, runs our house, and everything's fine. It's not on fire. Everybody, you know, sure. it's... But the proof, in the, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting, right? Yeah. You you live your life quote unquote better. You've got a better system worked out, and you will see the results. You have a nicer, bigger house, you know, healthier family, what have you. Whatever you you see as the the end results. I mean, you can apply that that same yeah, that's like, idea to the country as a whole. Just in everything, our like, results, your ultimate indicator. Sure. Right, and and we are proving that. I mean, let's set aside the fact that we don't have the same upward mobility that we had in the past in this country. I don't think anyone's arguing that, you know, that this country is destroying its citizens and and ultimately trying to uh, drive everybody into poverty, like it seemed like uh, the USSR wanted to. It, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm this sorry. Is, this is, this is why I, I feel I've like said, I've gotten this completely off topic, though. This is, this is why I've said for quite a while now, I've had to amend my thinking. You know, because when you look at the facts, all right, and you look at oh, hold up. the sorry, I'm not using my computer. Yeah, I was gonna it. say, I was hoping that that was only loud in my headset, and it wasn't as loud in the in the mix. I got standing uh, computer finger slipped. But no, I mean, this is why I've had to amend my thinking and my outlook on things because I've looked at the history of what is. What is the, the the legacy of communism when it's been implemented? Whether it's in, in socialism, those 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 two 
political ideals when they've been implemented. Whether they've been implemented truly or not, the fact is we're talking hundreds of uh, you know a hundred million people dead and that's 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 a pretty conservative estimate we're talking fa- you know starvation corruption just just chewing up entire countries spitting them out they're no better when it's done and over with and so they're okay i've had to go all right that's not going to be the saving grace but there has to be something better than a pyramid scheme that kicks up to the top and you got a few fucking winners and a whole lot of fucking losers and some people who live comfortably in the middle. There has yeah. to be something, whether it's a hybrid of, of a couple different ideals, whether it's a, a new idea. I mean, when you really think about it, <clears throat> capitalism is not thousands of years old as far as, you know, it's been practiced and blah, blah, blah. A lot of these political theories are are. are Young. I mean, mm-hmm. when did when, when did Marx write the, the Communist Manifesto? What was it like? Eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. Really showing my ignorance in history here. It, I mean, it's not that long ago. Not my strong suit. Eighteen <laughs> I mean, hundreds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This isn't something that's been handed down since the Greeks invented butt fucking. All right. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's not. And I'm so. We, we we have to amend our thinking and we have to start realizing that not all other societies, if we interject American ideas and values to them, are going to are going to take to them. Eventually, yeah, they might. But when you have societies that have been run a certain way, when you have an entire yeah. country who's been dictated to for its entire existence and you go, No, 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 you don't know you're no longer dictated to now you get to make your own decisions and you get to decide your own fate. You're going to have right. a lot of people go, well, wait a minute, we rather have the government make our decisions because that's what we're used to. Well, here's my analogy for you on this. and You tell me if I'm on point. When you're, when you're kind of coming of age, right, and coming into adulthood and starting to take more control, a certain more control over your life, right, and you're idealistic, and you think, well, I'm going to do different things different than my parents did, right? And you rebel. And you want to do everything different than how your parents did it. Now, at a certain point, you're going to get yourself into trouble, especially if your parents were halfway successful in life. You do everything the opposite of the way they did it, you're going to have nothing, right? So, so you have to, to have fuck-up parents? I... I so you have to accept as you get older you realize oh well you know there maybe there are certain ways like you know I want to treat my kids differently than my parents treated me but to just say I want to live completely opposite of how my parents did uh is is short-sighted you know there's there's things to be there's knowledge to be gained from the past but it shouldn't tie you to it it shouldn't dictate your your future, but it it can be used as a as a guide for your future. So in our country, we we have this whole idea like you know we split off from from England and do our own thing, and we're going to be like no, we're going to do shit different, right? We're not that country. Fuck we you, are England! I'll some, never be like you. Right? Exactly. And we still have that attitude, you know, that people talk, well, let's, 
let's talk about using some of all of this tax money that we bring in to make sure that everybody is healthy and covered for health insurance in this country. How about that for an idea? Well, that's not us. I mean, that's that's Europe. That's Canada. Do you want to be like Canada? Well, I I don't know. Uh, I don't po- want to be like polite. Canada. I want to be able to look at Canada and go, what's working and what's not? And what can we cherry pick from that to try out in our system to try and improve it? They're polite. But when you start, the same way that when you start working backwards from, well, everything Obama did was wrong, so we have to start undoing all that. Or the, or the Democrats going, well, all the, everything that the Republicans are doing is corrupt and horrible, so we have to do exactly the opposite of that. That's not a strategy. That's not a plan. Yeah. Weren't we that saying is just that? Purely, that is just purely reactionary. And we are still in this reactionary mode in this country where, hey, we've got our own thing going on. Nobody can tell us what to do. And if we adopt somebody else's ideas, that's just going to weaken this, this magical system that we have in place that was handed down to us by God. Weren't we saying it on this podcast uh, a little bit over a year ago before the election that Donald Trump is bad is not a strategy? Yeah. Something is bad. It's not a strategy. Uh, and, I, and, and I ask you, have we, have we seen anything since? Have we seen anything different since? Nope. It's, it's, they've leaned I in, couldn't point they've, to they've, it. I couldn't. They've leaned into that even more, even harder. Yeah. No. Donald Trump is bad is a true statement, but it's, but it, not an effect, it's not effective unless you say also, and here's your alternative. What is our, our alternative? Exactly. It's like when... It's it, one of the first things I learned working jobs was it's easy for anybody to point out, well, this sucks. Okay, great, yeah. wonderful. You've identified the problem. What's the solution? It's easy right. to, you could spend years building something you could tear down in a matter of half a day. It, it, just being, being the ones going, this sucks, this is stupid, we need, to, this is, you know, that's easy to do. Great, wonderful. How about offer solutions? How about give us a give us a new path? Give us examples of of, right. of things other people have tried that have worked, and let's actually talk about that, debate that why it would work, why it wouldn't work, and decide. Okay, but that's, that's uncomfortable what, and challenging to a oh, person, and he, you know. And here's another one for you, Democrats. I'm looking at you, and I'm when I'm thinking of this. Here's another mindset that's not too popular. Solve the problem, then place the blame. Like, fix the issue, then go back, figure out what 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 went wrong instead of just pointing the finger immediately. Like, I deal with that oh, right. with work all the time. Like, Oh, God, tell me about it. Yeah, days will be spent with- in email chains of blame being placed, and the problem that started five days ago has not been solved. Right. Or just working in, as like a, in middle management, having to be called to the counter exactly and talk what to I a do. customer. Well, well, uh, you know, this happened, and and we think that this is the reason why, and you know, the customer has a different take on it, and people spend all this time going back and forth, and like, no, wait a minute, Let, let's start with fix it. That- fix right. The, the the customer doesn't care. I've sat there. I've been on the other end of this as the customer watching a guy talk to his manager about what happened. And I'm like, why do I care about any of this shit? You know, let's do my refund and send me on my way. 
and you guys figure this out. Yes, exactly. That's the only way people. That's the only way people. Most people know how to tackle problems. Is well, I don't. I don't know how to solve this. So if I find out who is wrong and play, place blame, well, at least I'll look like some sort of hero. I've identified the problem. Well, that's not, that's not just and, a problem. And, with, and really with, what you do as, as a manager, you just go up and take responsibility, right? You go up and say, I'm so sorry. This is our fault. Let's fix this situation. A lot of the problem is is that from our, from our leaders down to bosses I've worked for, most people have the opposite of what we've just been talking about as their attitude. Their attitude is, well, if I got someone to point a finger at, then... The heat's no longer on me. Now they're in, they, now they're on the fucking now they're on the burner. I'm off the burner. They're on the burner. That's all I care about. I've worked for owners of companies. That's what I'm saying about Trump. <clears throat> I've worked for owners of companies who come in. There's an issue. Uh, a customer comes in. Hey, I ordered this. I didn't get this. I got this instead. And they'll sit there, and it's like this. They they have this little one act play they put on in front of the customer. And you're absolutely right, Aaron. 90% of the time, the customer's sitting there with this look like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Just give me what the right. fuck I ordered, that way I can go home. I I don't need right. this like, fucking one-act play of, of <laughs> you're going to fall on this sword the way I tell you to fall on the sword because you fucked up. There. Now you've got a pound of flesh for your, for, you know, for your mistake. Are you happy? And the customer's yeah. like, no, because I still don't have what I ordered. <laughs> Just give right. me what and, the fuck I ordered. And to put your analogy directly in line with what we've seen post-election in this country is, you know, I voted for somebody that, you know, well, I wanted an office over the other person, and I didn't get what I wanted. So I look to the Democrats, and I say, what are we going to do about this? How do I get what I want, right? Oh, well, you know, it was Russia. No, I understand that, but how do I get what I want? Oh, well, it was Bernie. No. Well, Hillary wasn't a perfect candidate. Okay, but yeah. how do I get what I want? How do I get a viable politician with reasonable ideas that's not controlled by big money or foreign governments? How do I... Show me that. Oh, well, oh, it, was you know, it was all this inf- all this infighting and down in Brazil and emails and, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you're not giving me a fucking answer here. There's plenty of... Yes, you've illustrated to me what happened. Okay? I understand what happened. I don't I keep asking care you what color what the happened. sky is, and you keep telling me pancakes. Right. That's not an answer. No, it, it it really is. I mean, it's, it's a problem, like I said, from our politicians down to a lot of people who run businesses. And I hate to say this because there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses... Well, not a lot, but there's, there's some businesses that fail just due to pure fuckery and bad luck all right it happens but there's also probably a lot more businesses that fail due to fucking people who think that as long as i pass the buck i'm good no 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 you own the business now you're not a you're not an employee of a major corporation and as long as your ass is off the hot seat and you put someone else on the hot seat you're good to go i can't hit that i can't hit that button so that Oh, that is. Oh, that applies too. Oh, I think you're just vehemently agreeing. I have learned in the last five years you do not have to be smart to run a business or to be rich. 
You are either you either came yeah. into money or you're good at saving it. Just because you've got a bunch of money doesn't mean you know how to run a business. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what we're ultimately talking about here is not only identifying a problem, but implementing change as as the next step. You know, not going from identifying problem to placing blame, but identifying problem and then propose solution. And I think I don't know if maybe there's just something that's kind of inbuilt into human nature that. To, you know that the the state even if we can can openly acknowledge that this, the status quo is fucked up there's at least comfort in that right and bitching about the status quo is there's comfort in in familiarity in that whereas if i wanted to really enact real change i might have to do something that i'm not comfortable with conceptualize some more radical ideas. Doesn't it all come down to the finger for the Democrats? Put the finger away. As in, stop pointing it at, you know, as the, as the solution to all of your problems and stop wagging it at people in general. Like, put, put you know, the, the shame police. The, we're so appalled, we'll make Al Franken quit. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things that, that I found funny just recently in a conversation I had with Monique, who for the, I guess, longer listeners will remember we, we had her on uh, as a guest one time, is that she's at college now. And we were oh, talking man. just recently, and she said, she said, I can't believe the amount of people who go out of their way to be victims. Like, they want to be victims. Because it's like they feel if they're a victim, then they can be shitty to other people. And then when other people go, hey, why are you being such a fucking shit? They go, I'm a victim. You can't criticize me. I'm above reproach here. And she's like, I don't understand that. And I was like, holy shit. I, first of all, I didn't think she was going to... I didn't think she was going to go that route that quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, her first year? I, yeah, she, yeah, she's like, not even doing her first semester. Is like, semester in already having this realization? I'm like, wow, that was that was awful quick. Because I usually, I figured, you know, the whole victim mentality would would take over for a few years. But, but I mean, that just shows me that that's this is something that we don't we don't we didn't just invent as uh, you know a, a society the, the the victimhood mentality. No, it's fucking. We take our cues from the people who are supposedly our superiors or our elders or whoever. However you want to look at it. And we have a political system that is just absolutely just constantly just passing the blame, claiming victimhood here. I'm being attacked. I'm being set up. I'm being this. I'm being that. It's a, I'm, I'm a victim of a high-tech lynching. You know, all this bullshit. You know, and this is nothing new. This has been going on forever. It's just we've we've really put a fine point to the pencil of this. We've got it just down to an art to where we just do it and we just say it and, and, and well, that's it. That's it. It's nobody's, nobody's at fault. Nobody's at fault. I mean, the whole thing with the, with the Democrats is I'm not mad that Al Franken stepped down. I'm not. You want to know the honest to God's truth, gun to my head. Once you have more than one or two accusers saying the same thing, when there's smoke, there's probably fire, Period. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, once you get to, like, you know, accusation number six, you're like, well, all right. You know, at this point, maybe there's yeah, something. At this, at this point, dude, there's just even if it's, it's, even if it's all bullshit, you can't just sit here and go. Eh, what are you gonna do? Fuck it. It's the Cosby theory. By like 25, you're like, all right, well, so much for America's dad. But it, and it's not. It's not that I think he's a bad person for stepping down, or just like it's not that I like I'm not really angry that he stepped down. It's that by him doing what I feel is probably the most prudent thing, I won't say right thing, because it's kind of, to me, it's a little bit of a gray area there, but the most prudent thing, it's emboldening the other side to double down on their, fuck you, we're not, the the Republicans have turned into rage against the machine. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Seriously, the Republicans are more gangster and more punk rock than the Democrats. Somehow the Democrats mm-hmm. have become the stodgy old party. And I don't see, I don't, it's not like I root for the Democrats, but I damn sure don't want another four years of Trump. I the damn sure don't stones. want, eight, I don't want eight years of Pence. The Republican Party for has, hasn't really offered me anything to hang my hat on since 2000 with McCain. And since then, McCain's shown himself to be, I don't know, Maverick might be too too light of a word to use homeboys off the reservation half the time and i'm kind of wondering how long that brain tumor was fucking with them now <laughs> i uh, mean sarah palin was a good choice and that's what i'm saying so i, I just I, I we have to have something we have to have if we're going to have a two-party system we have to have a two-party system that will fight not one party who lays down because oh well, if we don't, then we're going to look like this to our to this group of supporters who back us. Yeah, but you're not. You already have your supporters, all right. The true believers are going nowhere. What you need to do is the people who will vote either side of the ticket. You need to get them to come to your side and punch the hole on underneath your candidate. And we are sitting here. What? Less than a year out from when the election cycle is yeah. going to start back up? The, the All the bullshit's going to start back up? Oh, well. And they have, I mean, all the, you know what I'm saying? All the, all the, yeah. You know, well, will he run? Won't he run? That type shit. In about a year, it's going to really start heating up. And then, it, it, and, 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 for 2020, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. And then, you know, in two years, we'll definitely be knee deep in well, this shit. So and they don't even have they can't even give us a viable candidate who they're thinking about throwing out there. Well, you know, Al Franken was one of those possibilities at one time. He was asked if he would if he would consider running for president, and he, I, I don't know whether whether it was put on like a good politician does. Or, oh no, no, not me. But he seemed he seemed very honest in his denial of even considering that to be an option, but. I think it's kind of interesting. I wonder, not to completely contradict what I said about him earlier, but I'm just kind of putting it out there as a question. If he was the type of politician to stick it out, to be defiant, to be willing to, if that's his last stand, well, so be it. You, 
you're not going to kick me out of office. You're going to have to vote me out. He may... Uh, is it possible that he would be a stronger potential presidential candidate if he did that? Because that's kind of what Trump was, right? And I guess we'll, we'll see next week if uh, Roy Moore gets elected if that Trump shit works for other candidates. He said if. But, you know, we talk about, like, John McCain gets called a maverick every time he does something that uh, Democrats like, and then he goes back to being a typical Republican when he votes with his party. So, I mean, he's not a maverick. Trump is, whether you agree with him or not, a maverick. He did win this election on his terms. And it wasn't... The, the Republican Party didn't roll out the red carpet for him. They didn't... They didn't walk in front of him laying rose petals on the ground. They didn't make it easy for him at all. And maybe that's ultimately what is going to be the the anti-Trump candidate. Is the one that's willing to break from the identity <clears throat> politics of the Democratic Party and say... You know what? This is all bullshit. Let's talk about the real issues here. You know, I, I kind of, the, you know, the, there's a comedian, Brian Callen. He was on a, a podcast recently, and he said right. something. He said something that I'm starting to, like, kind of agree with. He said, you know why we have Trump? Because Obama got too cocky at that dinner and said, you know, one thing that I am that you'll never be, Mr. Trump? President. Yeah, he did. The whole reason we have Donald Trump He's as not, president is yeah. because he put his he we have a man who willed himself into the White House. Well, I don't know if the I don't know if he's aware of this or not, but Donald Trump has said that himself. Oh, he's come that, out and it said that? Absolutely. That you know, it was something that prior to that he's toyed around with, but it always seemed like a publicity stunt, right? Just another way for Trump to seem relevant and because all he, he was just one of he's always been just this weird personality, right? Mm. It was almost like Tiny Tim. Like I don't know what he does. Tiny Tim plays the ukulele. Uh, Donald Trump makes money. Yeah, Trump was famous know, for being rich before everybody this. knows who the fuck they are, right? And so that was a, that was his way to to stay relevant in the current uh, in, in in the average person's mind. It's nice he didn't to take have. it seriously. Take- he didn't take it seriously until he was challenged, like- until he was flat out told that he couldn't do something by the current president. And he was like, well, fuck that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because one of the things they brought up in, on that podcast that Brian Callen was on was Trump was talking to the media about running in 2004. Well, yep. if he'd have ran in 2004, he'd have had to run as either an independent or a Democrat. Yep. Which because he, I mean, he, he, he was. I mean, Bush was never weak enough to run for 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 his party to do what the you know the Democrats did to Carter in eighty, and 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 run someone against him as an incumbent president and be like you know look 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 Carter we gave you four years you're a nice guy you're probably too nice to be president that's the problem we need we need someone who's got a lot a lot more like you know fuck you in their backbone and you just don't have it because you want to pray for everybody and Carter you know 
it didn't work, but I mean, the party tried it. That wasn't going to happen in 2004, so yeah, that limits how he could have ran. Which to me, how does how anyone looks at Trump and goes, oh well, he's he's a, he's the true beacon and example of the Republican Party. Fuck what? no, he's not. He's a chameleon, folks. Yeah. He's a, he's a weed in the wind. He just go. He just. He doesn't fight the wind. He just lets the wind blow him around and takes advantage of whatever's around him. He goes to the party he's invited to. He didn't throw the party. Well, now he can throw the party. Now he's the HNIC. Now, see, now this is the problem with these type of people. You give them power and they get emboldened. And you right. give them absolute power and they get absolutely fucking emboldened. So now right. he, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a no. single fuck. I think that that is the majority of his, support, his supporters. You know, they can, they may react kindly to this kind of pro wrestling side of Donald Trump, the showy side, the showbiz side, and the and the bluster and whatnot. And you know, so they like to get out in the rallies and and put their red hats on and throw up their signs and. Talk about how radical and Donald Trump is, and how he's going to change everything in this country. But I think ultimately, even the voters only see Trump as a as a gun, right? Not even a loaded gun. Trump is a is a weapon, and the Republican Party has all the ammunition, all the ammunition that of all you know those conservative values type of of bullshit legislation that a good section of this country wants to see enacted and they you know that they see putting somebody like trump in office as being able to be filled with that conservative ammunition and just point and shoot as long as he remains to be an effective weapon that that shoots somewhat straight he'll be kept around we need some better dentures. You know, sound better making those. <laughs> they got They definitely have to do about. You know, I, he was very. Uh, he did kind of sound like he was maybe had a. Well, he's he's done some amount of coke, right? I, I believe that like he's kind of got the James Gandolfini thing going. Let's on. see. He's seventy, so like he's even just, it, he's like, born the same year as my not, dad. It puts him. He's, he's, oh. Right. Even if James Gandolfini had stopped actually snorting coke you realize the damage is already done his nasal passages yeah. are just fucked yeah that puts trump and in his, his late 20s in the mid 70s oh fuck yeah and, i mean he was going he, to studio 54 and he was a quote-unquote power player in the 80s and coke was fucking rampant in wall street on the in the 80s right. i mean that, that, and, yeah i believe that like, he, he's never drank I don't mind. But that. at the time, Coke, Coke, Coke wasn't. I, I, be, I believe that he's never drank. I never drank. But there was a period where Coke was just. What? It, it was one. It was considered. But nobody saw it. It was considered a rich person's drug, and two, they used to say, yes. you can't get addicted to cocaine. It's not right. addictive. There's a wing in the Escobar state called the Donald Trump wing, but I've never drank. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. The, it's not addictive. It just you know makes you want to do it more and more. But if you have lots of money, then that's fine. There's no problem. Well, also the absurdity, of money. <laughs> the absurdity of someone who has never drank but's a coke fiend fits perfectly with the absurdity of Donald Trump. <laughs> I think so. I think so. 
because most people, most of the time that I did coke, I was already drinking and I wanted to drink all night. And so we'd be like, let's get an eight ball. It'll last us all night. And two hours later, we were going, let's get another eight ball. It'll last us all night. <laughs> and we drank all night. <laughs> it's, yeah. What's the, to me, it's like they go together. It's peanut butter and chocolate. Two tastes yep. that taste great together. It just does massive cardiovascular damage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, the absurdity of that, it, it, it fits with Trump. I can see it. Just like I can see him going, I, I would never smoke weed. That's for hippies. But yeah. hey, but give me them prescription Adderalls. Let me get that. That's fine. You know, let me get that cocaine. That's fine. Yeah. So I, I think that's what the whole, the whole uh, speech impediment thing was. Let's see, he's got a fucked up nose from snorting too much blow, and his dentures were falling out. He's got less teeth than that kid from Stranger Things. Right. <laughs> hey, didn't you watch season two? They grew back. I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. <laughs> no, uh, you know, well, uh, no, he got he got some good dentures. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> I still I still maintain. I know it's 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 doubling back on the point. Why the fuck didn't he just come out and go? I had some dental work. I'm sorry for what my speech pattern. Anyways, let's get let's you know move on with the, the business at hand. End of subject. The only people who would harp on it would be the internet who pick on anything. If you need right. any proof, if you need any proof of that, just look at what happened this week with that fucking porn yeah, star. They shamed a porn star into killing well, herself. The, the August shit, shit they did. That 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 story is horseshit. Hold on, hold on. Blame hold the on. blame hold the on. internet. Yeah, go ahead. I'm Set not, the table, please. I'm not saying that she killed herself because of what was said on the internet. People that are, that are that prone to depression as she was, it's a lot more to it than just what the fuck people on the internet say. Yes. My thing is, how the fuck are you going to be label yourself a progressive person, an open-minded person, and then shame someone who is going, I, I only want to have sex with people I want to have sex with? Right. That's where all this controversy started, right? She tweeted out that she... She didn't. She doesn't do scenes with guys that do gay porn, specifically bareback gay porn. Right, because she doesn't want to ex be exposed to possible diseases. Reasonable yes. request. Right, they they're having unsafe sex with somebody else, and you know, whatever you want to think about uh, whether. <laughs> You know whether it's politically correct or not to say that you're more prone to pass uh, sexually transmitted diseases with anal sex than you are with with vaginal sex. It's the fucking truth. It's a fact. There's no point in arguing it, the fact. Right. And and that could be male on female anal sex. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. Just anal sex. Period. It's prone to be blood more when you do it in the butt. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's what, all she was saying. She was stating a fact. And she was stating a reason why she chooses not to do scenes with certain people. And she was, I don't know, labeled as intolerant? Oh, she was a homophobe, even though, even though half of her 200 and some films were lesbian films. She was called a homophobe. <laughs> right. She was called. Uh, uh, she was being sex. She was sex 
sex shaming people. She was kink shaming people. All the fucking the, the regular shit that you hear the internet say. And the problem was, is that like, look, here's the I, first. I'm gonna. I have to say this. I have no problem with anyone that works in the sex industry. In fact, to be honest no. with you, I kind of respect women who are like, eh, you want to fuck me, you gotta pay. Well, at least you're honest up front. I know a lot of women who fucking work the long con, and you pay on the back end. At least I'm paying you up front, and we know where we stand. So, I mean, and call it what you will, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. So, right there, I'm coming from that, this, this, that angle. And for her to say, and I agree with her on this, for the people in the adult industry to not disclose to the females, hey, you're signed up for a, for a, a movie shoot tomorrow these are your partners are you yeah. okay with them they just hand them the list the girls if they don't do their homework they don't know what these guys have been doing and a lot of guys in the porn industry especially men in the porn industry if you want to make a living you tend to have to you have to do gay and straight porn even if you just even if you're just a top in gay porn because you can't make as much money as the women do. Let's say a woman makes $5,000 for a scene. The guy's making two, $300. Right. Oh, that's, that's good money to fuck. But you're living in fucking <laughs> Southern California. You're not exactly, you know, and you're, you're shooting, let's say you shoot three scenes a week, $900 a week, you're not living well. Now, if you go do a gay porn movie, and even if you're just the top, boom, you're making four figures easy. I mean, it, I've HBO had a documentary called uh, Pornocopia that basically yeah. was like a I think eight or ten part miniseries about the porn yeah. industry. And one of the episodes was guys who were gay for pay, and like it really it it really shined a light on the fact that wow, you know, for all the shit that gets talked about the porn industry, you know. It, the guys are really just as exploited as the women. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, you want to make a living? You're gonna have to take it up the butt. You know that you have to, you know, push someone's fucking fudge in. And guys are like, well, this is what I got to do if I want to make a living in this industry. Fuck that. I, would you like fries with that? I'm okay. I'm okay giving. You know, I'm not okay taking it up the butt, but I'm okay going. Would you like a milkshake and fries? Would you like that supersized? I, that's okay. I'll make a living that way. So she did her right. homework. She did her homework. She found out that the, the, the actors that were on the list that she was supposed to shoot with had been had done gay for pay and had done bareback gay for pay. And she said just she tweeted out to the adult industry, basically, to, to fellow sex workers in the adult industry, be careful. She didn't name names. She said be careful because there's certain people in this industry who won't fill, give you the full story. The lie of omission will be there. Oh, no, this person's perfectly fine. Here's their last test. Well, that test could be from two, three months ago. You can get the bug in two, three months, especially now that, and I mean, I don't really want to get into this as far as a debate on the, 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 the law changing in California, but I mean, California, it's no longer a felony to knowingly pass on HIV through unprotected sex. So if they've loosened the restrictions on that, how loose do you think and fast do you think the producers and the money people play with that type shit in the porn industry? I imagine it's got to be 
it's got to be pretty much like the Wild West. It's the whole reason we can still watch porn where there's nobody's wearing a rubber. You know, and it's oh, the, right. Our, if, if no, I remember rubber, correctly, that, if, you get if you're watching porn where the guy's wearing a rubber, you got a thing for rubbers. Like <laughs> you have to actively you you have to go out and actively find porn <laughs> where people are using rubbers. It's like Harry right? Bush porn. You got to look <laughs> right. for no, it. it. It is. Yes, yeah. If you. You just peruse the front page of Pornhub. You ain't finding any rubbers there. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because even what, was it a couple of years ago or within the last, maybe it was the last uh, election cycle, California had a, a proposition to require all porn performers and all movies filmed in California to wear rubbers. And they shot that down with the quickness. The people were like, fuck yeah. that. We don't watch porn. They're looking at a guy try to put a open a Kentucky Fried Chicken snack pack fucking finger wipe and put it on top of his dick. We fucking watch porn to see shit we can't do. I want to see a guy struggle to put a balloon on his erect dick. I'll fucking go on and film myself on a Friday night. (laughs) Right. The actors and actresses are openly campaigning against this. No, vote no. (laughs) We are are pro bareback. I know. We're... Just to clarify, I mean, it seems like we're being rather flippant about this. Like, this is kind of two separate stories in my mind. There's one story about a woman who obviously has issues and committed suicide, and that's really sad. That doesn't have anything... I mean, sure, it's possible that the the negative response that she got to, you know standing her ground, stating her opinion and trying to uh, empower others in her industry to do the same could have added to her state of mind. But, you know, internet bullying didn't kill her. I would say the only way that you could even remotely connect the two is that she wasn't capable, strong enough, however you want to put it, to just go, okay, close Twitter, I'll come back in a week. Well, I mean, isn't it just ridiculous to to think that, that this idea that this collective mind of uh, that happens on social media, where large groups of people all decide one thing and to gang up on somebody else, that that's so important that you can control and sometimes even end lives with that with that quote unquote power. I mean, that's bullshit. Well, to me, the funny thing is the people that were... Because there were people who flat out tweeted, why don't you go drink some bleach, bitch, et cetera, et cetera. Do the world a favor, suck on the business end of a shotgun. And you know who those people were? Were people in her own industry. One of them was... uh, uh, Sorry, I don't watch gay porn, so I can't tell you his name, but apparently he's a star in the gay porn world. And another was a male porn star... Who had who'd been testing, gay for we all pay? Passed, by the way, been gay for pay, and he does straight porn. And you know, they flat out, "Hey, bitch, kill yourself." I don't care. And then when they found out she's dead, they're like, "Eh, whatever. One less bitch to worry about." And I'm just like, "Wow, really?" I mean, like, I get it. I get saying that in in a group of friends who are going to get the context of the joke, but that's what you're going to put out there for the whole world to see. These are these aren't exactly high people of high morals, let alone, regardless of their chosen profession. 
these are fucking scumbags. And unfortunately, there's scumbags get the attention, man. That's what Twitter is there for. Twitter is simply there for the suckers to post something, and then the chicken shit, yellow-spined, cock-sucking, motherfucking bastards to take pot shots from the side. That's all it is. That's all Twitter is. I mean, at least, at least if you're if you have a a open public Twitter profile, you're in. And here's the bitch of it: you're inviting that. I mean, I'm not going to say she should she what she should or shouldn't have done. But if she was so worried about and concerned about the health of her coworkers, why couldn't she have made those phone calls to the girls who took over the shoot that she turned down? Why did she post it for the whole world to see? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts to this that that just haven't really been talked about because why? It's easier for the media and clickbait articles to put up. Internet bullying kills porn star. That didn't kill her. Yeah. The fact that she was prone to depression killed her. The fact that she couldn't make it for whatever reason, whether it be her fault, it not be her fault, a chemical imbalance, whatever, is she couldn't make a, a decision to go, let me just fucking turn the phone, put the phone down, stop checking Twitter every five seconds, and go for a walk. Get some perspective on this. Who the fuck are these people in the long run? They're nobody. Because she sat there and went back and forth with them for a few days. Then she killed herself. This wasn't like, you know, the, the, the after school special where, you know, the girl's like, I'm so proud that I did this. And then all the school bullies come find her online and bully her. And then she goes and kills herself. And she was just this quiet, wilting flower who was a victim. No, this chick went just as hard at them as, as they went at her. And it's like, stop. Just stop, folks. Seriously. It's not worth it. This is, this is kind of what we were talking about with Todd. You find yourself getting that involved. I've it's happened to me recently. It happened to me about six months ago. I forgot that it wasn't my first day on the internet, and I fell for some fucking bait, and I got fucking dogged out for it, and it pissed me off. And what pissed me off was not that I got dogged out, that I was dumb enough to take the bait in the first place. I should have known yeah. better. This isn't my first day on the internet, but I sure as fuck acted like it was. You know, and it's it, and also the narrative that the bullying is what killed her, drove her to kill herself. You know, there's the opportunists who are going to hop on that and use that as a battle cry to go. Well, we need to weaponize words. We need to make it illegal to do this. Oh, great! So because someone has some sort of imbalance, and we're already prone to depression, and they killed themselves, now we have to punish and 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 make more laws to stifle fucking what people can and can't say because of a tiny right. percentage of the population would react this way when confronted with this situation. Wonderful. Right. Right. There's never been a situation where a perfectly normal, happy, well-adjusted, satisfied person tweets something wrong, everybody turns against her, against them, and then they end up killing themselves over it. Well, what's the infamous story of the... the the, the lady who was going to was oh, it New the, Zealand or something? Yeah. yeah. She, was, she she put out her tweet, went to sleep, got off the plane and was like fired and doxxed online and told news stories about her. Yeah, it was like Over a 12 hour flight. flight. What was it like? What was it? Going to Africa? Hope I don't get AIDS <laughs> or something. Oh, it yeah. Been, she yeah, said. it might have been Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the whole time she's. Her, she didn't have internet when she was up there, so she's just 
whatever. There's a Twitter shitstorm of brewing. She gets, she lands. Right. Her entire life has changed. That lady didn't go kill herself. Well, that lady didn't well, go blow her head off. Like I, I take, I just take exception with the internet part of internet bullying. The fact that we identify this as internet bullying, like it's some special thing that needs to be separately classified from from the regular definition of bullying. I mean, certainly there's a difference because we just, I mean, it's so easy. You follow somebody on Twitter and you can go, oh, I'll just do, 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 do. There I go. I just uh, said I hope she jokes on dick, you know? Whereas before, you'd have to do what? Like, try and find out this person's address, sit down and write a sternly you have to go uh, worded James letter to them. On them. Like, you're just not, not going <laughs> to do that. You're going to move on. You're going to be like, well, yay. Okay, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I don't need to voice my opinion uh, about, you know, whether this person deserves to breathe air or not because they have a, a, a differing op- opinion from me. And you, and you come to your senses at a certain point. I mean, that... There's certainly, I mean, there's a, the internet is a delivery system that allows all of us to be immediate and not, uh, and, and bypass some of our natural filters that fall into place when we stop and think about what it is that we're saying or doing. But it's, it's not different behaviorally. I think all it does is not not a, it's not identifying some different behavioral aspect of human nature. I think all it does is. is it emboldens people who wouldn't have the balls to speak up and fuck with someone and bully them in person? It gives them this sense of it's it's the anonymity of it. Well, oh, I can say this, and there's nothing this person can do. Right. And here's here's well, the beauty here's the beauty of words. If someone says something to you over the internet and it doesn't bother you, the person who who said whatever they said to you in the first place. They just lost. Yes. If if it bothers if it bothers you and you get worked up, that person is going to keep throwing in your face. There's nothing you can do about it, bitch, and Mm -hmm. double down on your shit. This is why I said I find it very amusing that most people I know who are like, "Oh, I'm against physical violence." There's no excuse ever for physical violence are the most shit-talking chicken shits on the internet. Oh, you hide behind that keyboard chicken shit because it's the only way you can open that cock holster that's under your fucking nose. Because if your faggot ass ever went out there and started flapping your fucking gums like you do on the internet in person, your ass would be in the hospital constantly. Right. You'd have frequent flyer miles to the hospital. That's the, be based but, on but the point is, right. is that, what are they doing? They're talking they shit on the internet. The fact, they like would balls. never have the balls Mother to say it to your face. It's time we wrote something back. Well, absolutely, but, it, but it, the internet has just given them that opportunity to have a, a, a more of a voice. Like Pre-internet, what would have happened? You would have, you would have saw this, uh, you saw maybe a news story on this on TV and either to yourself or maybe you're watching TV with a buddy and you'd say, oh, that, that bitch is stupid. Uh, you know, what, whatever, what have you. Like, let's say, you know, uh, people tweet out about uh, Trump's accusers of sexual harassment. Well, they're ugly. You know, <laughs> there's no way this could be true. Trump wouldn't, Trump's rich enough that he doesn't have to hit on ugly women. They even told you him know? that she would not that's be his first that you would, choice. 
that that's something when that came up on TV, you would say, oh, there's no way that's true. That bitch is ugly. Or you might say that to your friend. Oh, pfft. You see that ugly bitch that accused Trump of, uh, of molesting? Yeah, as if. But now, you know, you can, you can just tweet it out on your phone, and it's there for everyone to see. Whereas, you know, if, if you said, hey, uh, you have a, a chance to talk face-to-face. Remember, the, remember that person you said was too ugly to be molested the other day? You're going to have a chance to meet her and, and say what you said to her face. There's no way that person's doing that. The pay. You are the ones no who are the ball lickers. Going to, so, oh yeah, well, we're gonna I can't fuck your to mothers while you watch and cry like little whiny really bitches. Think. Once we get to Hollywood and find those Miramax well, yeah, fucks who's making the movie, we're gonna make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. And then all you motherfucks <laughs> are next. Love, Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> that's how you pack no. at them, right? <laughs> the 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 worst that w- that someone would have done, who would who would take advantage of the anonymity of the internet to talk shit to someone like this before the internet, is wait to the middle of the night and go spray paint their house like whore cunt whatever on the side of their house. Right. And yeah. I mean, even then, I that's it, a chicken shit act. But I mean, it, there's there's an actual chance of real life repercussions happening. So even though I consider him a chicken shit, it's like and yeah, you had to get had, off your ass and do something. <laughs> yeah, it still took a little. I mean, it's little baby balls. I mean, you know, right. you're you're not coming even enough to fill up a fucking teaspoon. But I mean, you know, with with that little sack you have, but you do have a sack down there. Right. But that's it. Well, I think if that's an important difference, though. You know that that there's something very different in the actions of that person that, in you know, ingests the information and is so concerned about it that they are going to make a plan and act on that, right? And to think that that's the same person that now can just as easily put out a tweet that's the same idea is completely false because in most cases you put out the tweet. And then you forget about it. You know? You didn't tweet about her because you spent all day, in most cases, thinking about this and, and going over and over in your mind, oh, I got to say you know, just the right thing to set that bitch straight or this, that dude straight or whatever it is. You know, it's just flippant, off the cuff, go fuck yourself, I hope you choke on a dick, whatever. And then moving on. Not another thought about it. Get that drop. And... and uh, <laughs> But but because it's out there and we can you know yeah, well it was on Twitter it's it's cold hard fact now this is I mean what we're doing when we're looking at tweets in most cases is looking at the random thoughts of any of the person who holds the the Twitter account right sure there are people who have very planned actions for their social media they have some message that they want to get out there they have some sort of uh version of their personality that they want to sculpt for us online this avatar is it twitter's fault there's no more context but, but it's it's really just you know it's just random thoughts you can't give context in 140 characters is that why uh, now you get 280 uh two, 280 yeah 280 now yeah yeah i mean yeah. Well, there's no excuse for that because I mean, if you really wanted to give context, I mean, you can link to anything. Find, find your context and make it a link. It doesn't even take up any of your characters. What you mean, reference something? Get the fuck out of here. We don't do that. Well, I don't. 
I, I think the 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 ultimate issue coming from this is this isn't I don't think this is a, and I hate to say this I'm, but I'm just going by the example that has been set for us at least in, in my entire life I don't think a porn star killing herself over some shit that happened online is going to be enough to have like August is law you know or some shit like that where they're going to change oh. something no. But you know that this is going to be referenced in the future when some high school kid is, you know, bullied bullied online and, and, and oh, they, she killed herself and then some politician's going to hop on and we need to need to make it illegal to do this and illegal to do that. And, and well, how are we going to do it? They're minors. We'll throw the parents in jail. Oh, there you go. So now we got parents in jail and more kids in the system. There, that's that's what everybody wants, right? Because we all, this is what this is one of the things I love. The the anti-government people are the first ones to say, "Why aren't they taking their kids from them?" So wait a minute, you don't trust the government to, to regulate your food and water, but you want them raising other people's kids? Okay, that's that's just a side note. I'm like, I always found that amusing. I'm like, I don't get how you reconcile one with the other, but whatever. But let's be honest, it's going to happen eventually. Right. And especially yeah, well, with the especially with the coming generation who are who are coming up in their now, you know, graduating high school and the generation before them, the millennials, when they start to have kids, I mean, Jesus Christ, can you, once the millennials are I mean, full force having kids, can you imagine the calls for nerfing the world that's going to happen? I mean, it, it's going to I'm hoping to be dead by then. Like I, I my little brother is one of them. He's like, uh, yeah, we need Word words are violence, and I'm like, huh? Yes, words are, words are violence, and it should be legal to say certain things to people. And I'm like, well, is this the dude who tells people to f- go fuck their mothers and eat their babies, and yeah. th- they should be, <laughs> you know, twenty eight thousand trimester abortions? Yet you're. you're you want to make it illegal for someone to say "fuck you"? Seriously? Okay. That—that's the next frontier. I mean, not, not to say that we have eradicated all other forms of uh, of things that can hurt us, but certainly, you know, violent and unexpected deaths and disease are way down across the board. So, what do we challenge next? Ideas and the only way you, I mean an idea is an intangible, so you attack the language that's used to promote the idea. Well, it's like, and hey. we're so good at backdooring shit. Just real quick, like with the tax bill, yeah, where they snuck yes. in that sneaky little part about you know, oh well, uh, an unborn child is considered a person as far as tax, re- you know, uh, yeah, tax regulations go and i'm like wait a minute hold up time out i've seen this fucking movie before and as much as people like to fucking go a slippery slope is a logical fallacy and you can't use it in an argument when you start talking about the law yeah it's not a slippery it's 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 a valid form of debate because how many times have we seen one thing lead to another by the snowball effect and this is just backdooring their foot into the, just to get their toe into the door and keep the door from shutting all the way. 
and then they'll build upon it slowly People over find time. Loopholes, right. they love to exploit them. The whole thing, the well, whole reason yeah. that Moore even has a shot in Alabama, and this is from his own people, people who said if the Democratic, I don't even know his name, the Democratic asshole running against him, if he wasn't pro-choice, Doug I Jones. would vote for him. Jones, okay. Right. That's that's the deciding factor in his vote. Not that the man likes to fuck children. It's that he's pro-birth. Well, if you're pro-birth, then that, 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 that just makes everything else okay. That's how much of a big deal this is to people. We don't get that necessarily up here in Michigan as much. And you definitely don't get it on the coast as much. You go to the middle of the country, you go to the deep south, that's still an issue that is an open wound. Yeah. And the big Supreme Court big ruled time. on it like 40 fucking years ago. Before any of us were drawing breath, I believe. Yes. This, was, this is a decided issue. And they're still fighting this battle. And they try every fucking way to backdoor in shit. And that's that's what I'm... We're so good at that. We're actually approaching that, 50. I think we're closer to 50 years ago than we are to 40. Yeah, was it 71, 72? Yeah. So, I mean, what, these these things, when people go, eh, I don't, you know, you guys are talking about it. Yeah, it's in the news. But I don't see what the big deal is. Start doing your own research. Start looking at shit and, and dig into it a little bit deeper. Just like... Just like Chris is is always saying, I mean, we're all always saying it, but Chris is usually the first one to say it out of all three of us. Okay, so some bullshit inane law got passed. What what else are they trying to slide underneath that, but beneath our noses? Yeah, what's on the what's on the tenth page of the bill? You know, it, we always hear about what's on page one. We never well, hear even, about what's on I, page thirty-seven. I think you can't even just take. Uh, a bill individually. If you look at well, a, their was, ideas for, for tax reform, if if uh, it, a good basis for why they feel justified in pushing through this tax reform that is going to, by all accounts, put us more in debt, is that their ultimate goal isn't in the tax bill. The tax bill is a nice way to basically pay back their corporate donors. And say, hey, this is the other side of the quid pro quo. You know, you gave us money so that you would have to pay less in tax. Here you go. Here's what you asked for. But it it serves the greater agenda because already there's talks about what type of what types of uh, quote unquote entitlement programs have to be trimmed back in order to justify in order to offset this this huge hole that it's going to make in the in the budget. Yeah, and here's anybody. Get get ready for a lot more welfare queen stories, is what I'm saying. And all of all of our listeners who are on the older side of Gen X, maybe maybe we have a few people who listen who are on the younger side of the baby boomers. Um, they're coming after Medicaid or Medicare, not Medicaid, not the poor people insurance, Medicare, which you're supposed to get along with your retirement when you hit a certain age. That's the entitlement program that's going to take one of the biggest hits underneath this tax law. Yeah. So it's not going to be the welfare. They're going to frame it as the welfare queens and all this shit, these imaginary fucking examples that they come up with. They're going to frame it as that. But ultimately what it's going to be is you're going to go, well, wait a minute. What the fuck good is this, this health insurance from the government? 
if it doesn't cover anything, but they're still you know, they're still going to take money out of our checks for it. You can best believe yeah. that. Just like they all that money that they took for Social Security, they tax you when they give it back to you. You're paying tax on a tax you already paid. Congratulations. <laughs> That's the type of shit that happens when you're not paying attention and you're arguing about nonsense. Those are the laws that but, get you know, passed. But the 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 concept of the the welfare queen it's not that this person doesn't exist it's that that doesn't it doesn't prove anything right no matter what type of government program that you you put in place if you search hard enough you can find a handful of people to set up as an example of of corruption well here's why we shouldn't have this this we're just giving this money out to these people and they're wasting it you know, that's the, that's the gist of your of your welfare queen story or what have you. But it's like, um, you know, there's always that person that has the counter argument where, like, well, you say, I don't know. Uh, let's say you just say something stupid like men like big boobs, and you're like, well, not me. I happen to like small boobs, and so there you go. Your argument is now defunct. Well, no, I think we've kind of proven it out that if you look at porn, men like big boobs, okay? Sure, there's exceptions to that, but let's start. You have to kind of, if you if you want to think about big boobs as a problem, you have to start generalizing to, to figure out how to, how to solve that problem. So if you say, well, look, We've got people that uh, are out of work and need some support. How are we going to help them? Well, if we give them money or if we give them you know, goods or food stamps or something, they're going to abuse it. Here's an example of, of, here's an example of one person who's abusing the system. That doesn't prove whether your system is working or not. It just proves there's a loophole. But guys, there's, a, yeah, there's a loophole, but there always will be a loophole. No system is airtight. Correct. And human nature is going to kick in. I mean, there's there will always be some people that will only see a system as something to take advantage of. Well, there's, I but mean, there's ways. But, but it doesn't prove. You, nobody looks at the bigger numbers, the overall numbers of... Is this pro? What are we ultimately benefiting from this program? How are we benefiting as a whole, as a nation, from this? Instead, we let we let conservatives set the the tone for the the debate as to whether you know it's it's like they're arguing. What isn't it possible that something can go wrong? Yes, it's possible something can go wrong here. What's the greater good being done? Well, that's the the left never doesn't answer with that. That's the problem. Or I should say the Democrats. It's different. There's, yeah. There is now a difference between the left and the Democrats. That's where we're at, by the way. And, yeah, and you can throw progressives as a third group in there, too, that will get angry if you call them the left or the Democrats. Because that should be your retort to that. If, if somebody keeps coming up with, oh, it can be exploited and here's how, then your answer should be like, oh, well, here's what it does right and does right well. Yeah. Also, stop letting it be addressed as anything as addressed as an entitlement program. There's no such thing as a fucking entitlement program. You know, that's because I'm glad you you're, said you're, that. You're, it should be. It's call them investment 
programs. You're investing in people, and then we can have a debate on whether our investment is being invested well or not. But to start off with an entitlement program presupposes the attitude of the person getting the uh, the supposed entitlement. But that goes back You're to saying, Dan, that goes back to Dan Savage on Bill Maher going. Republicans are masters at crafting language, and Democrats aren't. They have to do what they did with the whole gay marriage issue. It's not gay marriage. It's marriage equality. Right. Now, 90% of the time, unless you're watching Fox, if you hear someone talking in the news about gay marriage, they don't call it gay marriage. They say marriage equality. That's how you – That's how the, the Republicans, when they started that entitlement shit – like, like in earnest, which was a, around the time Romney was like, okay, it's going to be Romney. He really picked it up and ran with it. And I was like, oh, my God, really? No one's going to challenge this asshole on this? Social Security is not an entitlement. Medicare is not an entitlement. You paid the fuck into it, all right? An entitlement means, well, I'm just you, owed this for no reason besides I'm owed it. It's like you... you we pre-ordered this shit, and now here's the due date, and you're like, oh, what, you think you just deserve this now? No, I don't deserve shit. I, I paid into yeah. it. I want my investment want back. Pay for it. It's my last payment on the layaway. It's time to collect. Right. I mean, oh, by that same respect, so are police and firefighting forces entitlement programs. Oh, you pay all these taxes, I, and you think we're just going to run over and put your house out now? Expect me to show up when a stranger comes into your house and shoots your family? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Entitled to some sort of special treatment? I, I, think, I think we could all, I mean, I could make a case. I'm pretty sure you two could, if you, if you put your mind to it, that police should be more like the fire department. Man. You're there to, you're there to, to it, it, unless they're patrolling, they're not really stopping crime. They're reacting to crime. When I have truly needed them, I have always been fucked over. When I don't need them, oh, hey, how are you doing? Here's an excuse for you to give my department 150 bucks. But when I've actually needed you, like, I, seriously, and I had an event when I was fucking, well, right around the time, we, I was in specs with you. Rich, I might have even told you this story. Like, went to my, my friend's house at the time, stayed the weekend. The people next door had a party, and... uh some people tried to come park uh, where we were living, and where they were living, and I was staying with them. And we told them, "No, get the fuck out! <laughs> like you get park back here, you're gonna block everybody in. People got to go to work in the morning. Uh, people go leave the party. They throw a brick through our front window. We call the cops. It's Friday night. They show up Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Monday morning to take to take a statement. And what?" What horrible hood were you living in when this happened? The student ghetto in Kalamazoo. Yeah, uh, but let's be honest. We're not exactly talking Chicago, Detroit. Exactly. We're, so, we're, so I wasn't even in the hood. I that's even, what I'm saying. I wasn't even in a part of town right. where they weren't supposed to show up. The, but the point you're making, Rich, is that it's not like they had a backlog of shootings that night that they had yes, to get through first. Correct. There weren't more important things. It was just, eh, what are you going to do? We're no, not going to solve this. We're not going to. You want to know what it was, Chris? I mean, this it wasn't exactly an immediate danger, but still, man. Chris, this is exactly what it was. And I'm, I'm already telling you what you already know. It may just not have crossed your mind. Mm-hmm. It's Friday night in a college town. They had to bust people to bring revenue in for the city. 
drunk college kids out doing dumb shit was more important oh, yeah. than a brick through your window. Now, if it was a brick yeah, through I mean, your the window, weekend, followed, that's where they rake in their cash. Yeah, if it was a brick through your window followed up by automatic gunfire into your house, they'd have probably showed up awful fucking quick. But hey, a brick through the window. We got tickets to write for open intox and public intoxication and fines to levy and people to force into the court system to justify our reason for being here. The machine, the machine can't it can't work if the if the if the gears aren't oiled. So we got to make sure you, that oil flows on those gears. You should have played your minority card. Oh, that's true. This is brown. <laughs> well, no, this is pre nine eleven. Tape a tape a note to the brick. This is dirty Arab. Yeah, <laughs> be like, oh, now we got but, now but, we got a case. But this is pre nine eleven though. Couldn't play that card yet. All right, <laughs> we, we just still own party stores at the time. We were terrorists yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. I've I've you know. I find it amusing that, that we, you know, we sit here and, and we talk about this stuff like, you know, the entitlement program and all this. And yet most of the people I know who rail against so-called entitlement programs are the same people who are heavily pro-military, usually the biggest fucking chicken hawks ever. People that never considered even serving, yet they're always the first to want to send our troops somewhere to, in the middle of a war zone and get some shit started. They're always down for the new, you know, more money for the military, more money for the military. Well, isn't the military full of exactly what you point your finger at the welfare state full of? Isn't the military full of people taking advantage of the system, loopholes? You know, it, 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 I mean, when what, what it come out six hundred dollars for a toilet seat, two thousand yeah. dollars for a hammer. Really, but guys? The only reason people join the military is because of national pride, Rich. What are you talking about? I'll join the Coast Guard and I'll pay for my college. See, and that's something that we, we started to touch on, I mean, like years ago. And for whatever reason, we got off the – something bumped us off the subject. Yeah, there's there's a certain percentage that – and I know you were being you know kind of facetious. But there's a certain percentage you joined for Very. national pride. But there's also what – what is essentially they got rid of the draft as we knew it, and then instead we have what what is not affectionately known among recruiters, but they use it to their advantage. It's called a poverty draft, and they just go and set up recruiting stations in the poorer neighborhoods. I mean, I mean, I guarantee you the rich neighborhoods don't have as many recruiting stations as the poor neighborhoods. And I guarantee you the recruiters aren't door knocking in the rich neighborhoods like they do in the poor neighborhoods because they go, well, if you sign up, you get the signing bonus and you get money for college. And if you sign up for six years, then you get even more money and more of this and this. And, and you and you just you tell this yeah. to a kid who has no hope of going to college, barely scraped by in high school. And it sounds like the best deal in the world, especially in peacetime. Let's be honest. It's three hots and a cot where you can get a job afterwards. You know, one of my friends who is a musician, he was 14 years in, and he was going to be a lifer in the Corps. And he ended up uh, getting injured to the point where the Corps gave him an honorable discharge. And he got out, and he said... I didn't realize that the military basically allows you to never complete the process of growing up. It's like you're stuck it's in daddy. a purgatory. You're stuck in a purgatory between 
freshman year of college and just graduated college. As long as you do these things, as long as you show up for this job at this time and you do at least what's expected of you, you may not you may not flourish in the military, but there is a spot for you. And like Joe it, in Idiocracy, who's good at watching TV and reading a book to get his pension. I, as fucked up as it, it as fucked up as it sounds, yeah. And he said when he got out, and he was like, it was it was culture shock because here I am, a thirty two year old man, in a world full of people who've been forced, who were thrown into the deep end of life, who didn't go in the military, and it took a lot of adjusting and getting used to. I mean, he's like, it took years in some cases for me to adjust to certain things hey, man. because I was so used to just having job security, unless I absolutely fucked up horribly. No matter what, that's one of the main reasons I didn't finish college. Is I was I had this whole mindset of like, can I go live life now? Can I go do life? Am I going to sit in classroom for another like half a decade? Like, and yeah, I could see how the military just arrests that. What do I do? I don't know. The military, someone will fucking hey, how about this? We have somewhere where somebody will tell you what to do and when to do it every fucking day for like a decade if you want. Yeah, and it's we're not talking the military of the of the post Vietnam era where you have the stereotype of the three hundred pound staff sergeant lifers. You know, you still have to pass physical fitness tests, keep up on your rifle range shit, qualify. So there does take a level of self discipline. But let's be honest, guys. If everyone around you, if you are immersed in a culture of you keep in shape you keep proficient with your weapon, how hard is it to maintain the bare minimum? And that's not a slag against people in the military. That's just that's just how shit works. If you work a job where everybody does the bare minimum to get by, that's what most people are going to do. If you work a job where everybody's going above and beyond, willing to help each other, they weed those people who want to do the bare minimum out real quick. Yep. Those people don't last hey, long. Rich, did you watch the uh, Punisher series on Netflix? No, I didn't even know it was out. I thought it was still waiting. Oh. To, I thought it'd come out later this month. No, it's yeah. I've watched the whole thing. It came out a couple, few weeks ago. Better than and, Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, it is the best thing that Netflix has produced from Marvel so far. Really? It's okay. I I find it actually super compelling. Way more interesting than I've ever had the... I mean, personally, like, I'm not a huge Punisher fan, you know? Mm. The right writer or artist could make a good story for me, but ultimately, I wasn't 100% on this this ethos of the, you know, justified killer vigilante thing. But they handle it so well in this series, and... You know, it's it's no spoilers what I'm about to say, but they end the the series with uh, Frank, who <clears throat> I know in the original comic version he was a police officer, but in the mo- more modern incarnation, not only in the in the series, but it's even been retconned in the comics of him now being uh, a veteran, a war veteran. And, you know, part of the story that they 
that is told about the Punisher is that this is somebody who doesn't know when to stop fighting, right? He was a, he was a Marine. They talk about, uh, it re- I think he or one of the, his other fellow Marines refers to the, uh, themselves as uh, just a point-and-shoot weapon. And there's this bigger story that they tell about what happens afterwards. What do you do when, you know... <laughs> You're still a loaded weapon, but nobody's pointing you in any direction. And, you know, after this whole story about what Frank Castle goes through in avenging the death of his family and and all that, you know, hunting down all the people responsible, we see him in a meeting with other veterans talking about that the scariest thing for him is, what now? What do I do? You know, like he may have left the structure of the organized military, but he continued that structure in his own life in order to fulfill this personal mission that he felt that he had. And now that that was over, what, what does he do? And I, I think that I think I don't know. Not being somebody who you know has ever been in the military, but. I think that's the the big question that needs to be asked for a, a lot of people's experience. It's and this in my mind ties into what you were saying. You know, you that it doesn't allow you to grow up, right? To essentially because they have no they have no need for a soldier with his own agency, right? So you're never told to that you really have it your own agency. You are making a sacrifice for the country. This isn't about you. Well, yeah, and I want to clarify something real quick, and then I'll address your point. Yeah. If I, I didn't mean to sound like I was saying the military forces you not to grow up. It allows you, if you choose not to grow up, to basically do that. It's just, it's, okay. it's, like, being, it's like being a police officer. If you want to make rank and you're ambitious as fuck, there's that opportunity. But if you just want to hump a patrol car, put your 20, 25 in, collect your fucking pension and move on with life, you can do that also. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it, 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 or like any government employee. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Any, any bureaucratic. Yeah. It, it, I wonder what if, way of, I'm sorry, go ahead. There's, that's why you get the post office job. It's really hard to get fired from. You got to have your, you got to have your 90 in before you start trying that. You can't walk yeah. in the door your first day and be like, Hey, motherfuckers fire me. I dare you. Cause they'll be like, <laughs> all right, see you. The ink is not dry on your ship, buddy. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> But but, and I'm sorry. What what exactly? Yeah, you, you threw me off with that one, Chris. Because now you got me thinking about that. What exactly was? Uh, did you say, Aaron? Well, I know you were you were. Uh, I think going to address my point. You said that I was making kind of drawing the connections between what you were saying about the the type of. Well, you're talking about how the the military doesn't. Oh, the what next? Necessary part? mold you into. Uh, into something that they can allow you to slip into this easy behavior, basically. Yeah, and then the what next part, which I think is a huge thing, which is which is yes. why I like a movie like The Hurt Locker. I liked that movie, but I liked it, it – first of all, that movie's not realistic at all, period. I mean, I, I've had too many family members in the military, too many friends. It's not realistic. It's Hollywood fantasy. But there was one part in the movie – 
that rang really true that I've seen friends and family go through when they come, especially when they come home from combat. Whereas in combat, these these men and these women can make split second life or death decisions with no hesitation, and most of the time make the right ones. Yet when he comes home and his wife sends him grocery shopping, he's standing in the cereal aisle holding two cereal boxes and he can't decide between which ones. He doesn't know right. which cereal to get. And it, it was it wasn't a huge scene at the end. It wasn't like they didn't I mean, it was a little on the nose with him trying sitting there looking back and forth between the two boxes. But I mean it it showed that yeah, reassimilation back into to civilian life, to to, to everyday life, to the private sector is hard and we don't really have much of a transition team set up in place for especially combat vets you get a lot of combat vets who come home and they've been told their entire time in active duty marines don't get ptsd soldiers don't get ptsd are you a fucking faggot because that's who gets ptsd are you a faggot are you a pussy no then you don't have ptsd so you leave a war zone you come home you enter civilian life, you got all this baggage from all this shit you've seen, maybe some of it you've even done, and you have no way to deal with it, and, right. and we have nothing set up for it, and then what happens? Those people, what are they going to turn? Not every angry veteran turns into the Punisher or turns into some mass shooter. Most of them do what most people who are severely depressed do. They turn their anger and their hatred inward, and they end up taking it out on themselves through alcohol and drug abuse, promiscuous sexual behavior, risky behavior, yeah. period. Yeah, also just, uh, it's self-harming behavior that spills over to the immediate family. I wonder but, if there's a statistic out there, or what is the, the rate of guys who transition from the military into prison? Because they can't handle every minute of their day not being structured. I will say this, because of the places I was in and the, and the, and the way they were structured, um, I've never met anyone who was in the military who I haven't told my story to in some detail who said, Jesus Christ, you missed your calling. You should have been in the military. You've been, you were institutionalized and conditioned to take orders from a young age. Yeah. He, they said the only problem is, is that if you, if you were any type of free-thinking person like you are now back then that had been your problem and sadly i wasn't sadly i was much more shut up do what you're told don't question but, shit it's above your pay grade don't worry about it that's how i that's what i've been told all my life that's how i looked at things i had the right attitude for the military at that point in my life now i don't <laughs> shit <laughs> now i wouldn't even put my pen to the paper are you kidding me? I'm not going to go die for fucking for for some bullshit fucking old. corporations. They don't want us now. We're old and busted. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's well, true. Unless like World War II happens, then they'll take us as cooks. <laughs> Hope y'all want pizza. That's the only thing we know how to cook. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Aaron's over there with talking Robin about. Well, they can, no, they can let they can let Aaron work the radio. He'd be radar. Oh yeah, yeah. Hello, Iraq. You know, <laughs> be the new Kernow or whatever his name was. Yeah. Good morning, Iraq. There you go. I don't know, with Aaron Redford. You know, Rich. I, I wanted. To <laughs> You're talking about uh, the idea of the only 
the only people suffering from PTSD are pussies, basically. Yeah, well, right. that's 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 pretty much the standard thing you get from your superiors. Well, you know, generally, like I, it seems to me, it's it's like the problem isn't that the person can't handle, you know, their new life or what they did in the war or something like that. It's that because they're not, they they're no longer in that military structure. They're allowing themselves to get soft, and that that's why they can't. Deal with these, like maybe. I don't. I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here. I'm just trying to understand this because. Well, no, you're absolutely right. That's one way it's looked that that a certain percentage of people who are former active duty look at it. I like have friends you, that look it, at that. Way. A good way to avoid ever having PTSD is just to stay in the military. To keep a military mindset at all times. Right. I have. I have friends. I have a friend who has has two daughters. And he was, he went into reserves. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't even active duty, but he took to it like a fish takes to water and he never put a hand on his children as far as I knew, but he treated them like they were in boot camp, which is you fuck up. We're going for a run. Get your gear on. Oh, you want to, you want to run your mouth? We're going to do PT until I'm tired. I mean, that's, that's what he did. That's, that's how he disciplined his kids. You want you yeah. want to come home with bad grades? Three mile run. Fill up that backpack with as many clothes as you can get in there, and we're going for a three mile run. And he's kind of kept a a military presence about himself. You go to his house; everything is just so. Sounds like a sucky his, dad. His bed his bed is made just like he was he was taught in the military. His all his shoes capable of being shined are. I mean, you could see yourself in these fucking things, and we're not talking patent leather either. Talking. Elbow grease and 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 leather, like spit shined old school shit, and it's worked for him because before he went in the military, all due respect, I know he's not listening, but if he happens to listen one day, you know what you were before you were in the military. He was a fucking he was a wild ass party, do whatever the fuck, no regard for anybody including himself, just live life as it comes, take it as it comes. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, I guess that made him cool in high school. That doesn't make you cool when you're 40 still doing that and you got nothing to show for life. And the way he reconciled that, his, that that side of himself is to tame it with what he learned in the military. Now I have other friends who get out of the military and go the exact opposite. They grow their hair long. They smoke weed. They ain't got shit good to say about the military. They loved the camaraderie, but the military itself, they have nothing but contempt for. And then you have a lot of people who just are in the middle. Yeah, I did my time. I felt like I had, I owed it to my country. I went and did my time and, you know, that's it. It's most of those guys honestly served in peacetime, though. I'm finding my friends and family that have served during combat, they tend to... go towards the edges of the spectrum instead of all over the place. And it sucks because as a family member or a friend, when they start talking about this stuff, the only thing you can really do is if you're very good at reading people and maybe leading them through a conversation into some areas that maybe they wouldn't go voluntarily, you can do that. But if you're not that person, the only thing you can really do is sit there and give them an ear to, but to, to 
vent to. Because no. you can't, you cannot say, you. I don't care what you've seen, what you've been through. Unless you've been in combat, unless you've been in the military, you can't look at someone who has and go, I know what you're going through. Yeah, that's true. And if you do, well, they see right through it and they go, you're full of shit. And right there, right. they don't trust you. Well, I think uh, I think you should check out the Punisher series. I really enjoy it. I think you would, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. We, maybe we can okay. discuss it after you've uh, after you've watched if you if you plan to. Oh, well, judging by the by by the state of uh, my situation, I have another week off from work. So yeah, I got plenty of time to fill <laughs> to fill go. with the there Punisher. So time for a Netflix for binge. A buddy of mine posted an article that that. In the article, they're claiming that Disney acquiring all of the rights to all Marvel characters is pretty much a done deal. They're just hammering out the fine print. Um, well, it doesn't include Universal, so it doesn't change the situation with the Hulk. But yes, that essentially does put all, yeah put them in control of all the problems. Not only that, though. I mean, I don't know. Let's think about what else. What is else is Fox involved in uh, the Alien franchise for one? So Disney would now own Alien as well. What? Uh, or and cat? Uh, no, get the fuck off me! Someone has to stop the mouse. Disney's eventually going to just trademark fun. We would fun <laughs> TM. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. This is interesting because <laughs> it's like. I don't want Disney to own everything, but there's certainly a part of me that wants to see an Avengers versus X-Men movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's kind you know, of what I was that, getting at because they're coming up on the end of the MCU's Phase 3, and they said they're going to yeah. reboot it. And the hope is they're going to have They're not everybody going to reboot under the- it, but we're going to see changes. Okay, because in the article they said it was going to be a reboot of some sort. So that just might be a. They, it just might be they they use the wrong word. A reboot so. in a way that like we're we're going to have to see somebody take over the mantle of Captain America and Iron Man. Gotcha. And and Thor, like the your big three right there, who are considered really core Avengers members. They are you know eventually those actors contracts are going to be up, and they're going to have to do something else with that, and. It's not like, I mean, I guess Thor arguably maybe you could get away with, but I don't think you could get away with just not having a Captain America or an Iron Man. Just like, you know, if Fox was to continue their trajectory with the X-Men films, eventually somebody else has got to play Wolverine. I was going to say, that's with the the Dark Phoenix movie coming out, I saw the poster, the few... Uh-huh the few still shots of everybody in character. And I went, wow, I, I could not give less of a shit than I give. I don't care. <laughs> First of all, Sophie Evans. Look, I know how y'all feel about thank me. J- J- Jansen or whatever her name is. So whatever, but I don't oh, think, yeah, they f- I don't think, I don't think they found a chick that even comes close to Jean gray in the comic books. Sophie well, Evans is is not a bad looking woman, but she is not right for Jean Grey. I can't put my finger on it. I didn't buy her as Jean Grey. It's just, you know, I liked her. Here's the thing about her portrayal of Jean Grey. I thought 
that overall, and certainly her acting ability is part of this, overall she portrayed a much more, uh, I don't want to say realistic, because that's not the right term to apply to these types of things, but a much more true-to-character version of what it would be like to be a teenager going through this type of thing. And, and you know, and that's a that's kind of a core element to X-Men stories in general, right? I mean, a lot of it is is just a metaphor for discrimination of some sort. You know, you're seen as some part of other group that, yeah. that's ostracized from society in some way. And a lot of that hinges on the fact that, I mean, this happens when most times when a, when a, a person gets their mutant ability, it happens around puberty. Mm-hmm. And that's an intentional metaphor for the types of changes that somebody goes through. And when they start to get those, those feelings of, of being something other, whether it's, you know, feeling like you've changed or whether you're just becoming more aware of the world around you and how it reacts to you. So I like that portrayal of Jean Grey. Um, I think the problem with this with the the schedule that they have this Jean Grey on, who is a central character to the story of the X-Men, is that the, the Jean Grey that we saw at the beginning of the X-Men was very different from the one that died in the Phoenix Saga. There is a long path for that character to come to that point. And her relationship with everyone around her was tied in with that as well. Relationship with Scott, and with uh, with Logan as well, those two especially. So how we get from this movie that we've seen her in, where she portrayed a competent, uh, I think, a, a competent version of a you know a young girl going through some serious fucked up changes, and now to the one who makes the ultimate sacrifice. You know, I mean, no spoilers on. Uh, it's like a 30 f- shit for almost 40 year old story now. Yeah. I was going to say it was, it was a storyline saga, but I was five. I remember coming out new. So yeah, it's old. Right. So, but I uh, certainly, you know, she dies at the end of this and it's, it's Wolverine's claws in her gut that kind of do it. But ultimately I think, if you read the the whole story and understand it, it's not about the fact that Wolverine was the one who had the guts to pull the trigger on this, right? To despite how he felt about her as a person, he understood that she was out of control and that many, many other people would die if something didn't happen. But he was the one to make Jean realize that because she was so powerful, nothing could stop her. She had to let herself be killed. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was. And right. She, she, it's not that Wolverine is so crazy powerful. It's not like it's because his claws can cut through anything or because of his willpower. It's because he was the one able to make her see her own humanity and what was going on so that she could make the decision for herself that this had to end. And I don't know how we get to from that to to that point to get that set or anything close to that satisfying resolution. So it's just 
it's way too early to try and do the Phoenix Saga with this character. It, I don't see how it could work. Well, I just, I have no, outside of, uh, <clears throat> oh shit, I forgot his name. Outside of the, the, the two, well, Fastbender, obviously, who plays Magneto, and then uh, McAvoy. I don't yeah. really have any connection, let alone care about any of the actors playing these these roles in the first class and be and, 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 with and beyond movies. Like even even the guy who played Cyclops, who I couldn't pick out of a lineup of one if he wasn't in the Cyclops uniform in <laughs> right, the two thousand yeah. X Men. Like he kind He's of just good old American dude. <laughs> oh yeah. He is he is <laughs> you've heard the term basic bitch. That is your basic good looking American guy. He's like six right. two He's got a square jaw. He's probably got a, a, a long enough dick to fuck with, but not thick enough to be arrogant. You know what I'm saying? Just just all around, painfully average, good-looking guy. But he fit Cyclops' kind of asshole demeanor in that role. I liked him. And when I've seen him, in, I think I've only seen him in one other thing, which is the Superman, the emo Superman movie. Yeah. Where he, like, stalks Lois Lane outside her window for half of it. And it, it, I'm just like... Eh, I okay. He brought some life to that role. Obviously, wasn't a big fan when I heard of the casting of uh, Hugh Jackman. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me, dude's like six one, six two. That's a foot taller than Wolverine's supposed to be. Can we get at least right. a short guy in there? You know, yeah. Like, but then I saw him and I was like, okay, all right. And of course, Storm, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even even Fank Me Jansen. I'm not like I said, I. I don't think she's drop dead gorgeous like like you guys apparently do, but I think she was competent in the role. I don't think she was like yeah. great in the role. But I don't think I mean, there's nobody that I think needs to be carried over into the Marvel universe. Like if that gets folded in, they need to just 100 percent recast. Oh, that, that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. I mean, like McAvoy and Fassbender. Yeah, they're kind of draws. They're kind of names. I mean, I guess you could say yeah. they're low A-list. But I don't think it's going to kill a franchise to recast those two characters as two different actors. Especially once Disney puts that Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe stamp on it. At that point, it's almost a license to print money. I mean, even, yeah. even Iron Fist, which everybody who's... I Just to be honest, full disclosure, haven't watched one second of it. Um, that worth it? But, Don't even get but, involved. <laughs> that is exactly what every single one of my friends, comic book nerds, to just just Marvel Cinematic Universe and television nerds, have all said the same thing: waste of time. Don't bother with it. And I'm like, right. But that didn't sink it. Like, it's going to take a couple really bad movies to sink this franchise, oh, yeah. and I don't think they're coming. Well, well, no, and Netflix has no complaints about the Iron Fist downloads. They're not they're not transparent about their their numbers. They don't have ratings uh, system like traditional television, but uh, they do tend here and there disclose how certain things did download wise, and they're like, um, "Well, sure, we're getting bad reviews on Iron Fist, but why is it then the most downloaded?" Of any of the Marvel TV shows so far. Well, yeah, I mean that's all. That's all you, you got to say. A lot of people rented Geely. Doesn't mean it was a good movie. You know? well, no, right? 
I mean, I I was I rented Geely just to see how I was like, it can't be as bad as everyone says it is. And thirty minutes into it, I was like, it's as bad as everybody says it is. Holy shit! Is it? <laughs> it's it's very rare that a movie actually lives up to the hype. Either way, it's that good or it's that bad. It's that bad. Yeah, it's like Chase and Amy without any of the heart or charm. It, seriously, it, that's the whole the whole movie is him turning a lesbian straight because why? He's Ben Affleck. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's Kevin Smith even said when he saw Geely, he said, "Didn't I already make this movie with you? Just better." Seriously, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> First Reindeer Games, then this. You tried it seems it? like Ben's no longer going to be Batman. I think they, they're going to do... Oh, I forget. There's another movie that they've got planned that he's going to basically do a cameo in, like, Suicide Squad. And then for the... They still have plans for the movie entitled The Batman, but it doesn't involve uh, what's-his-nuts at all. I, man, I, look, I know that you like... The, the DC movies. Dude, after, after, good. I, it has major problems, but it, it, it is, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> Suicide Squad. That's the last thing I watched. It's a mess. It's, that's a and, mess, but it, it was fun too. <laughs> and I, and I was just like sitting there going, okay, I, I can't, I, maybe it's, it's passed me by, you know, like I kind of felt that when I watched the, the the episode well, seven of Star Wars. I'm like, this isn't a movie yeah. made for me. This isn't a, a franchise made for me anymore. And then Rogue One gave here's, me a little bit of hope. So, well, here's the difference. Okay, so there's a lot about Suicide Squad that's very stylized and very much trying to gear these characters towards a younger audience, right? And there's also uh, another thing that it suffers from besides lack of having identifiable characters is that uh the plot is just all over the place uh, well yeah you can drive I mean, trucks it, through it, some of those plot holes it's and it, i mean it makes as much sense as your average like Schwarzenegger action movie from the 80s <laughs> and arguably arguably it, it needs to make as much sense it's just it's a spectacle type of movie um, Star Wars, the, the, the last, not the last one, not Rogue One, but the, uh, you know, the force awakens. Yeah. The force awakens. Thank you. Was just very much by the books, Star Wars movie as traditional as they could possibly do it. And when it had a, at least had a decent, it had a very nice structure to, come out to it. The 15th? So, and that way, it's it's completely the opposite of of Suicide Squad. Now, Justice League is on its own, relatively structured, decent plot, way better, way more comprehensive than than Suicide Squad. Not as tight as uh, as the Force Awakens, though. But it doesn't have, it has neither the nostalgia nor the younger demographic skewing. It just, <laughs> I don't know how to, de- how to describe it. Because just in the way that it's shot and presented, just the stylized look of it screams, not like 
it doesn't have anything to do with like the past other than we wanted to bring this idea of a superhero to life and show you why these characters are bigger than life and why they've survived throughout generations and multiple iterations. And it does that so well visually, it's just a joy to watch on, on that respect. It doesn't try and like do... I mean, there's uh, little callbacks to prior movies in the soundtrack. You know, it's kind of cool that when Batman shows up, if you're paying attention, attention to the music enough you hear the little you know the fucking danny elfman theme and he did mm-hmm. do the music and so and he reprises his uh, superman theme in there as well those are just little nods there's little things here and there but it's not the remember tim burton overly playing to the nostalgia factor that the force awakens was remember jack nicholson <laughs> and even and even though you have like Aquaman with his shirt off all tatted up, there's not this push to skew to younger demographics either. There is a timeless quality to the movie that I think does a lot to kind of pave over the bigger plot holes in order to, and make it, I think, a really enjoyable and fun movie. It's. It's fucking gorgeous, and it treats the characters very well. It has major faults, but I don't know how it could have gone any other way. It's not like DC had their shit together in the first place, and then to lose a director halfway through, it's a miracle this movie ever got made. I think Aquaman's most but likely to be gay. What? <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> See... This is character is. See these fucking the fish, right? That, dude, that would disappoint a lot of women. Let oh, you're talking say. about Jason Momoa. Yeah, Not him yeah. just in general. Oh, like, okay. You know, okay. if you look at the original Justice League, how they all were dressed. I know he's probably with he's probably in that with Robin. Robin's in that basket. <laughs> him and the Green Lantern. Yeah, I would say probably the Green Lantern as well. But no, I and I know Batman. I, what what exactly it, is a ward? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Robin is your what the fuck is a ward? Are you saying you wouldn't be shocked if Bruce Wayne was banned from Gotham City Mall? Correct. They gotcha. <laughs> um, but no, I well, I mean, I'll even if he wasn't molesting him, like he just keeps get, picking up kids and they just end up dead or go missing. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> they get to a yeah, certain like, like back the next like, day. Like, it's like Michael Jackson. You seen anybody to a with? Age, uh, go away. Right. <laughs> you seen any kids around here with dark hair, medium build? Uh, you mean like the last kid that you took home? <laughs> well, yeah, but that parents. one's gone. I'm looking for a new one. Where's the boys large ish? But no, I, these event movies, like, I don't, I, I, I'm just starting to chalk it up to I'm getting older because I'm not excited for the new Star Wars. I'm, I'm not, I haven't even, like I said, I haven't even watched a trailer. I have no idea, and that's how I'm going to go in. I'm debating whether I'm even going to go in the first day or just wait till, like, Sunday yeah. morning because I just, I don't want to be in a theater full of people waving fucking plastic lightsabers around and I'm, I'm just over that at one point that was fun 
but that was when my age started with a two, not a four. And I'm not excited by a lot of the like, you know, oh yeah, the new the new X Men movie. Oh, have you seen the previews for this movie coming out next year? No, I yeah, I've seen them, but I'm yeah, not into it, man. It's I I don't know if it's just getting older, or if it's kind of you know like what people like Bill Maher are saying. We got the you know, a lot of people in this country have the the hangover block or the blockbuster hangovers. They're just like, eh, I'm all, I'm all right yeah. on this. Well, it's kind of a nice spot to be in, a nice luxury to have to be like, well, there's so many of these fucking superhero or comic book based movies and TV shows out there. There's no way that I can I need to watch them all. Like, find out what the. I mean, did you see Logan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Logan's a fantastic movie. See, I liked Logan, but I it, there was it, to me it was them trying to fix a clusterfuck that, of their own creation with the last movie that they were going to put. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. But in. you know, okay, so I fucking I mean, love that movie. You it, know what? I had nothing to do at work today. You know what I did for like two hours? I read the first half of the script for the Logan movie. And it's great. I mean, the first half is definitely better than the second half. Mm. But it is no! it is far better writing than we get from most of the other superhero films. Even ones that, like, you know, I enjoyed the fuck out of the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but there's no way it holds a candle to Logan. It, because you could... You take the, the Guardians of the Galaxy out of space and take all the makeup off of them. I don't know what you have left. Logan, you have a clear story. Yeah, no, yeah. You strip away the. You could strip away the X Men and still talk about you know uh, an old man run down on his luck and and discovering he's got a family that he never knew about. Are you telling me a and talking? What is he ra- going to do about that? A talking raccoon learning not to be an asshole isn't relatable, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know what's funny is that it took Marvel grabbing a very not well-known team making a movie out of it for me to get excited for a new Marvel movie. I, the minute I could go see or watch guardians of the galaxy two, boom, I I was on it. I mean, I, there, yeah, there was no grass under my feet. Marvel gets a lot of shit for being the status quo, for being... I mean, look, they, the same way that they're dominating the movies, they've dominated the comic book industry for decades now. I mean, DC has almost continuously played second fiddle to Marvel. And part of the reason, I believe, that Marvel is successful in both their movies and their comic books is because they take chances. Now, they don't take all the chances. I mean... There's like four different Avengers books out right now. I'm not reading any of them because they're all boring as fuck. <laughs> and there's no real innovative art or writing or anything interesting going on in, in any of them. But there are a lot of weirder books that Marvel is taking chances on that I end up really loving. And it's the same way for the movies. I mean, yeah, they they took a huge chance with Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew who the fuck these characters were. Nobody had... I mean. I mean, even going back to Iron Man, 
forget how many, how few people knew. everybody knew Captain America and Thor was uh, and and the Hulk they had fucking TV shows and everything but Iron Man was like the B list celebrity yeah I remember during so, the so 90s everything they they'd done of, they they were willing to yeah, go ahead I was gonna say during the nineties there was a lot of Marvel cartoons and. When I worked at Toys R Us, of course, the toys attached to the cartoons were always hot. And the X-Men cart- toys, always flying off the shelves. Um, pretty much the same with the Spider-Man toys based on the cartoon. The X-Men, or the X-Men, the Iron Man cartoon was like, we had a ton of those. No one wanted them. Yeah. <laughs> and or, it, it, or just... <laughs> I remember flipping through the Secret Wars toys at Toys R Us, and yeah, you couldn't find a Wolverine or a Captain America. It was all fucking Iron Man and Doctor Doom. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's to me as you know, it's like that's a pretty good barometer to, to 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 measure interest by, you know, especially because well, those kids grew up to be adults who go see these movies. You know, and the fact that well, Iron Man came out. It didn't didn't hurt that they presented Iron Man in a way that I don't think had been presented anyway, but in a comic book before, which was he's just a fucking rock star. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I recently, well, recently meaning like in the last couple months, uh, caught the first Iron Man on and and watched it, and it was like five minutes into it, and I was like, God damn, this was. This is a really all right. Yeah, it's a good movie. It is. You know? Like, Absolutely. It's just, well, John Favreau is a great filmmaker. You know, I was like, I, I forgot because of everything that's came after it, the what? Almost 20 movies now that's came after it? You almost forget the one that really started it. And it, that's kind of, you know, the one that really kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, and and I was like, hey, it's... Solid movie. Robert Downey Jr. almost damn near made for the part. Especially the way they, they, you know, like I said, turned him into a rock star. I mean, you're not going to believe someone like Clive Owen in that part as easily as Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) You know. So, yeah. That's what what I'm saying. I'm having a hard time now going, all right, so when they do these reboots... I used air quotes, which is always good for. <laughs> it's a for, soft for, for an audio, for an audio uh, uh, format. Um, yeah, yeah, they, I, they I don't call it a soft I, reboot in the industry. Like, I, I, I'm gonna have to go on faith that they're gonna find any actors that I'm gonna give a shit about, especially when they're recasting someone like you know Professor X for the third time, and Phoenix for the third time, and Mystique, and all these characters because. I, at this point, I'm just like yeah. I, I, I hardly care about who plays him now. <laughs> the third incarnation of him, I just can't imagine like giving a shit. Period. I mean, and that's that's to me that's the downfall of comic book movies. That's the people who well, critique and criticize comic book movies. They say there's no character development. There's nothing to hang your head on as far as characters. It's all just you know explosions and, and multicolored suits. I don't think you can say that with guys like Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman and and the the yeah. the what they brought to their roles. I, if you say that, I think you're being deliberately 
you're deliberately bullshitting yourself, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever said, even in Dune, I don't know any, anyone who ever said Patrick Stewart's a shitty actor. So, you know, now all of a sudden he plays Professor X and he, he, he can't do what he's been known to do his entire career. I don't buy it. Is that the Dune that Sting was in? Well, you know, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't give a shit about these movies unless they're good movies. And being a good movie, you have to stand on your own. I mean, I maybe I am part of the problem because I feel so invested in this that I w- and I want there to be more movies, so I go and see them all in the theater. You know, I I want to I want to vote with my dollar and say, you know, look, this this movie may not be perfect, but I like the direction that we're going in, and I, I feel confident. Like I think we've seen like the more of these movies that we're going to get, the more chances people are willing to take. You know, we we wouldn't have seen a movie like Thor Ragnarok as if that was. There's no way that would have been the first Thor movie. But I also it's, kind of I kind of feel like. There. I also kind of feel like, okay, when the first Hulk come out, the uh, Ang Lee Hulk, I felt yeah. like I was obligated to go see it as a comic book right. fan to support sure. a comic book movie so they'll make more of them. And then I sat through that movie and was like, oh, my God, can we just get Jennifer Connelly like, reading her grocery list for two hours? Because that's better than this. Right. And then but the I- flip side of that is that you're, you're voting for bad movies with your dollar. Then, you know, I'm doing it sometimes. <laughs> well, like, I just don't I'm feel saying, obligated. Hey, this to is do okay. You don't have to try too hard because I'm going to spend my money anyway. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't feel obligated to do that no more. As as you know, a, a, a kid who grew right. up a comic book collector and fan. Look, if you put out a shitty comic book movie, you put out a shitty comic book movie. The audience is now there. There's no excuse of, well, we don't know how to market a comic book movie to a mass audience. Right. Th- that ship has sailed. All right, me, th- I th- they- you know, this is how I feel about black movies too. Are we talking you black know, in tone the- or black in casting? Racist. Black in casting, like straight up, like Tyler Perry okay. shit. Okay. Like Tyler Perry gets away with making a lot of shitty ass movies because he feels like he and his production company feel like they have a built-in audience. People are gonna see. There's a lot of black people out there that want to see a movie with an all-black cast. So Better let's just keep cranking them out. Awful it is. <laughs> In other words, Ice Cube, right. Big Daddy or- Kane, and Chuck Chuck D when they made Burn Hollywood Burn, they're like, "Man, when we said we want to see a movie and it's going to take a black one to move me, we didn't mean Tyler Perry, right? <laughs> we meant or, or the same Lee. thing with the uh, same thing with religious art. If you're not a very good artist. Just paint Jesus, and people will buy the shit out of it. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. You have a you have a you have a built-in audience. And if you're not sure what Jesus looks like, well, tell me. Paint Eric Clapton circa seventy-one, right. and they'll buy it too. Greg Allman, show also the, an acceptable show me model. The last, show me the last two hundred years of good painting of Jesus. Doesn't exist. <laughs> hey, can I ask a question? A white person is probably not supposed to ask. Yes. Uh, what's the difference between Tyler Perry and Al Jolson? I mean, besides the obvious one. Oh boy, it's getting late. Oh, well, yeah, it depends it? on who you ask. If you ask, if you ask Spike Lee, jeez, look at the time. Yeah. If you ask Spike Lee, he calls Tyler Perry coonery. All right, 
He flat out calls it. He just says it. Kind of one area. Me and Spike Lee are familiar thoughts, and I guess he he pretty much said it's it's one step above blackface. Yeah, it's like yeah. Why don't you have him? Why doesn't Medea also? Why don't she have a watermelon in one hand and a bucket of chicken in the other? (laughs) Yeah, she's pouring everybody great pop while she's running fifteen minutes late. Like I mean, why don't you have all at once? But see, here's the thing: if it was, if it was half an hour late, by the way. If it was just those stereotypes in a movie and they were put out there tongue-in-cheek, like the boondocks. The boondocks was right. very self-aware and it knew it was making fun of a certain segment of black culture. All right. And it, even, and it made fun of bougie black culture. It made fun of ghetto, so-called street, which isn't really street, the studio gangster black, you know, part of the black right, culture. Right. If it was self-aware enough, it would be funny. But I've watched enough Tyler Perry movies. Please don't ask me why. I just did. And I can't find her at this point. (laughs) Well, no, because I really wanted to see what the fuss was over. Could find her remote and you're just feeling lazy that day. Like, fuck. Well, well, shit. All of them have this ham fisted, like, like, like shoehorned in, sappy bullshit. Somebody's got it. It's like there's always the romantic comedy of the chick who's with the asshole who meets the perfect guy, and mm-hmm. so there's that element. Then there's always an element of somebody smoking crack or somebody's a reformed person out of prison, and their story of redemption, and it all just plays like Lifetime movies with some really not self-aware racial stereotypes thrown in there to get the easy laughs between, like I said, this ham-fisted after-school special bullshit. And that's, to me... That's how they get away with it? To me, that's a valid criticism of his movies. Like, when I hear people say they don't like his movies because they're stupid, I'm like, okay, well, that's... Wow, that's a very deep critique right there. It took you all of... 0.2 0.2 seconds to come up with that. Congratulations. But when people actually pick them apart, they don't hold up. It's just good films. It's good so it's just, art, period. So it's just an right. hour and a half of low-hanging fruit? It really is. It's And as much as I love some of these movies, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood, being one of them. <laughs> it's like those movies. It's not highbrow. There's nothing. There's no subtext to it. No one went to cons or Sundance. Yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. The problem is Tyler this, Perry this movies have vacation. been have been held up by a certain segment of the population as like great art. And as someone great who art. has as someone who has discerning taste, I'm offended by that. Like fuck you. I know enough about film to know those are just bad films. Exactly. Like now, make I mean, those it, white people. That's just bad movies. Yeah. Yes, period. I mean, and it's not even, it's not like there's technological breakthroughs happening. It's not like if I put Citizen Kane on for your average teenager these days, and I just just watch this movie, they're going to go, this is the most boring shit I've ever seen. I don't want to watch this movie. Can I turn it off? If I try to explain to someone who's maybe into cinema, like, he invented these type of shots, blah, blah, blah. This is never seen before, before Orson Welles did this. They might respect it for that, but still be able to say, it's a boring movie, though. I respect that. This this isn't a case of, oh. Like, how have you Tyler, rush? Like, Tyler, Tyler Perry yeah. has broken so many, you know, 
molds and 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 brought so much technological advance to movies it's okay that he made shitty movies no he's doing 21st century blackface it's it yeah i mean it's kind of like as an adult watching the original trilogy star wars movies every time someone bitched about the the prequel trilogy about the stilted dialogue the acting I would point to the original trilogy and go, don't tell me that that's a master class on acting. The only, person, <laughs> the only two people who yeah. could act in the first one were Harrison Ford and Alec Guinness. That's it. Ah. Everybody else in that movie Ooh. sucked. Shot. I mean, I, the first Star Wars, James Earl Jones, voice at, yeah, as a voice actor, he did a great job as Darth Vader in there. Yeah. But I mean, even if you look at David Prowse in the Darth Vader outfit, it's really cheesy acting at some points. Like the whole, yeah. Like they had, they refined him in that role by the time Jedi come around. They were like well, knock off you know, the cheesy hand <laughs> motions and shit. If you really want to separate the two, there's footage of the the actor in the suit doing his lines. Oh, it's horrible. Without the without the James Earl Jones overdub. And you realize that there is nothing to that character without that voice. Exactly, yeah. Oh, you know I'm Googling this shit right now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm going to tell you what. Darth Vader's David- voice before... before uh, please, uh, I want this video to be someone dubs in Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what this video is. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. Oh. Yeah, you know what? You know what I find? <laughs> yeah. Your lack of faith is disturbing. That's what's disturbing me right now. <laughs> Finding the right find voice disturbing. for Darth Vader was another. I'm going to choke this guy now. And action! Lucas had never intended to use the onset vocal performance of David Prowse. Start tearing this ship apart piece by piece until you find those tapes. Find the passengers of this vessel. I want them alive! Wow. I can still hear Fucking David awful. Prowse's accent in the Darth Vader mask <laughs> muffled because he would do the real dialogue. He's trying to curse Carrie Fisher or the something. English accent doesn't know what you're talking I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic... You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. It was hilarious and terrifying at the same time because we didn't know what Darth sound like. That was the first time we heard him. We're like, is that it? Is it going to be some Scottish guy or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> now, take her away and bring me some haggis. You know, no, yeah. it just... <laughs> it's, it's, but, take her uh, away, I mean, the sucker game's on. <laughs> but, I, but I can honestly say that even if, even with the bad acting, even with the stilted dialogue... In the original star, the original Star Wars movie, there was technological breakthroughs. There was shit that no one had seen before. Like I was born, what mm-hmm. a few weeks before that movie came out. I don't remember seeing that movie in the theater as a kid. I do remember seeing Empire Strikes Back, and I can tell you that from the opening, to all the fanfare, the the scroll, the ship over Hoth. Them firing the, the, the satellites in the Haas system. I, as a little kid, I was like, oh, because I'd never seen shit like that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, don't re- I have no memory of seeing the original Star Wars, but that was the first movie that I was taken to. And I think my mother said that I'd, she'd never seen me sit 
still for that long. Like I was transfixed exactly. from beginning to end. My 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 father was like, "Okay, Empire Strikes Back comes out. We need to get a babysitter." I was three and a half, like three and a half years old. My mom goes, "We'll just take him." My my father. To the day he died, he loved telling this story because it was one of the few times he admitted he was ever wrong. He's like, I looked at your mother and said, woman, that boy ain't going to sit still through that fucking movie. And she goes, I think he will. Because the minute that shit started and the scroll started, you didn't make a peep. You just sat there with your mouth agape watching the damn movie. He goes, you know, and your mother never let me forget it. And I'm like, yeah, I bet. But no, it's... So imagine as an adult seeing that shit. I mean, that was breakthrough shit. Shit we take for granted now. I mean, ILM has invented entire effects that are now just commonplace. You see in fucking a Geico commercial. You know, you're like, oh, look at the lizard talk. That's not even that big of a deal. 35, 40 years ago, that that would have been insane to see on the, the screen. These Tyler Perry movies and movies like that, they don't bring any of that to the table. They're ultimately just, they're cheap to make. You can insert former, a different world or CW or UPN actors from their ethnic shows in there. And hey, you have a built-in audience. And here's the bitch of it. I got family from down south, painfully white, clap on one and three, can't catch the downbeat if their life depended on it. They love Tyler Perry movies. Nathan Johnson types. Yes, yes, NASCAR white, yes. And I'm just like, you love them? Some of the, I got to admit. They probably like Jeff Dunham too, right? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. They think that that's like, he's the greatest comedian since Gallagher. Don't you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I'm just like. Right, uh, and I used to like Gallagher when I was 10, yeah, yeah, exactly. When I was a little kid, they would rerun his specials on VH1, and right. I didn't know any better. Hey, it's that watermelon guy. And he, right. And he was wacky, and he seemed really deep when you're 10. Yeah. Why do they call them apartments when you're all stuffed together? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? Yeah. You know, it's like... And you're... Yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're like, whoa, mind blown, man. I don't think Gallagher bit that, get older, that ever like, stuck with me is the good food. <laughs> <laughs> or good food. Like, pick one. <laughs> and then when you get older, it's like, how come you're called a comedian, but you're not fucking funny? <laughs> Did you ever think about that one, Gallagher? <laughs> no, I, no, there's, it's seriously, you can, there's, ooh, there's, Definitely a lot of my, and I'm sure it's this way with all three of us to an extent, but there's definitely part of my personality and my makeup and what I find funny and what I find entertaining that is just light years away from the rest of my family to the point where when they when they start discussing movies, I just stay quiet. Because at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, so Rich, you seen any good movies lately? No, not really. I bet they love. Are they are they an American Sniper crowd? Right. Is that the last oh, awesome uh, movie they I saw? I saw movies, but they were all shitty and pretentious. So let's move on. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and try to explain like you know, Darren Aronofsky movies to them, and then they're like, "Wait, now what? This is a movie about junkies. Why would someone want to watch something that ugly?" 
And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. Are you I, looking for a good double donger scene in a mainstream <laughs> movie? Mainstream movie? Yeah. As, as my great grandmother sits there and goes, hey, so, what? so there's two two dogs? I had two dogs once. I'm like, yeah. I bet you did, Grandma. Bet you did. No, I. It, it, it's, it's, they're completely. Yes, my family. Who do you think's funny? And I made the mistake at like 10, 11 years old Oops. of saying Eddie Murphy and Sam Kennison. And my uncle, being young enough to go hunt those guys down, went and rented. There's, I think he rented Raw and he rented uh, the, the the Sam Kennison like Live from Hell or whatever, and watched it. And yeah. then went to my dad and said, "You might want to look how, how you're raising this boy." <laughs> that's all he said and your dad screamed my, at him like sam kennison <laughs> my bad my dad being away. a truck driver probably told him to go fuck himself in a very yeah. unique way but gave him no, the speech was, that sam kennison gave him back <laughs> to school well because think about it if, is, if our kids can you imagine the horror on our face if our kids come home from like their first year of college and they're like guess what i joined the young republicans and I think Jeff Dunham's the funniest comedian ever. And I got his tickets to the next NASCAR race. Dad, let's go Bond. You'd be I, like, Oh, I fucked up. What did? What happened? What did you do in school? What? My, how did you get this way? My favorite Sam Kennison movie. Uh, movie. My favorite Sam Kennison story is about how he was doing like a movie with a horse. Or something. And he was standing next to the horse and the horse stepped on his foot. And he was trying to, he started screaming because he was in pain. And the crew thought he was, you know, doing Doing his his act. (laughs) Right? So he didn't know, he had to figure out a way to scream so that they would know that he was serious and not doing his bit. (laughs) To let him know that he was in serious pain and please get this horse off my fucking foot. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, it's on my fucking foot. Oh. <laughs> like, where do you go from there? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, the one thing I can just, and it, this is also shocking to me. I didn't realize this until uh, a couple days ago. For some reason, I saw an ad online. There's a, yet another Sam Kennison documentary coming out in a few weeks, like a week or so. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm like, okay, so this is like the 15th one. Right. But I'm waiting for the one that's honest that goes, you know, he was funny when he first came out. He was funny on his first and second album. And then he started believing his own hype. And then, unfortunately, he died. So we didn't get to see if he was able to write the ship. Yeah, he had to meet. Everyone, I tried to bury that memory of Wild Thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That period. I forgot about that. Oh, it's pretty oh, awful. Oh, that was so embarrassing, dude. No, right. Last... I mean, he had he had something. He could have been great, and he started going the direction of Pauly Shore. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Never make a song. Haven't we learned that by now? If you're <laughs> right. not a musician, never make a song. It's never a good idea. Well, you know what his rationale was? Was he grew up? He grew up literally raised to be a preacher. So he grew up in a church. So he learned to play piano, drums, guitar, bass, sing. So his rationalization between massive lines of cocaine was, I'm a musician who just happens to be funny. Let me start putting out comedy albums with half of them covers. I'm sorry. Uh When I heard Sam Kennison cover Under My Thumb, 
Even my <laughs> oh, 11 Jesus. year old Yeah, even my 11 year old self said, "Okay. No. Yeah. I can't do this." <laughs> yeah. I mean, half the time I listen to Rolling Stones albums, especially the 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 older ones and I'm yelling at it, "Keith, tune that thing." But still I can't get with this. This is horrible. And yeah, it was it was bad. A wild thing. I Every once in a while, I have friends because they know I like Sam Kennison. They think that that's the height of wittiness is to post that on my wall and be like, hey, it's your boy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, good, yay. You know, hey. It's like, why are you going to remind me of, like, the worst part? <laughs> Can't you? Really? Really? It's like if I was a huge Geraldo Rivera fan, you're going to post Al Capone's vault and go, hey, it's your boy. <laughs> Really? Okay. So if you're a Metallica fan, someone hey, it's until it sleeps. This is your jam, right? No. <laughs> Considering I hated half the Black album? No. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> it didn't come out in the 80s. Get it out of here. Oh, uh, shit. So should we, uh, should we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, that's right. Metallica. Yeah, I think so. But Metallica didn't make it into the 90s did it, with any decent material. Really. I, I liked... Like they, they, they saw success, but like... Wasn't Injustice for All eighty nine? Yes. Yeah. Was, yeah, eighty eight is when it actually came out, but yeah. Oh, okay. See, I enjoy most of the black album. But yeah, I'm like the black album and backwards. I, I realized something watching the the, the Cliff of Mall home video online a couple of years ago. That band died when Cliff Burton died. That band yeah. as it was. Because right. originally it was it was uh, Dave Mustaine's band. And when they booted him, half of Kill Em All is Dave Mustaine's songs. And if you go listen to the first Megadeth album, he's playing, the, he's playing the same music but different lyrics over it. Yeah, it's the exact same songs. And then Cliff Burton joined the band, pretty much took over. And Injustice for All, yeah, that was the last one. I think he wrote like two or three songs on that. But even then, it was like, really? Where's You can, you can just hear they were lost, even in the production. Where the fuck is the bass? There's no bass on that album. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Mix. I mean, it's it's like, it's not a well-produced album. I don't know any other way to say it. It's just bad. No, it's the last one that, that what that Fleming Rasmussen guy did for him. After that, it was Bob Rock for the rest of their lives. I think, I think the, the wedge that drove uh, Dave Mustaine and Metallica apart was where to put the accent on your lyrics. You notice that Dave Mustaine always goes for the accent at the beginning of the lyric, and uh, Hetfield always goes for it at the end. And, uh. Yeah, the uh, the making of the Black Album when he's doing the vocals, and Bob Rock's like, "I need you to do it with a little bit more, uh, uh, like bluesy intonation." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Make a noise like whoa, whoa." whoa. And, and you, James, you, you realize you're watching James Hetfield try to go, whoa, whoa, and you're yeah. like, what, what is he? He's not Danzig. Stop trying to make him sing like yeah. that. Right. Those, those are kind of things that usually come natural to a singer, you, where to where to put yeah. those little fills in. The accents and shit. If you don't, yeah. if it doesn't come naturally, don't force it. Right? right. That's... Don't force Jesus, it. God. I don't... I don't think anybody in recording the Cure in studio said, "Hey, Robert, can we just get you to go over this part of the song?" <laughs> hey, guys, 
here's a base six by Fender. Do you think we could put this all over disintegration? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was an organic happening. Right. <laughs> no one was playing yeah. with base sixes when that album came out. <laughs> no one has since. <laughs> Somewhere there's a bunch of surf punk people pissed off. We have them all over our album. Fuck off. Yeah. All right. Oh. That's probably good enough to go out on, huh? A little happier than usual. A super-sized episode. Don't blame us, people. Blame. Wait. Yeah. Want shorter episodes? Maybe the world shouldn't fall apart every week. Yeah. That it's too much to talk about. Someone who's really good at monetizing podcasts, give us a call and tell us how to do that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll do it every day for an hour and a half, two hours tops. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for those who are listening, and who made it to the end of this one, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. Uh, we are on Facebook. Like us, share us, and. Yo, email on Richmond at ChristopherMedia.net. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, guys.